All right, all right. We are back once again. This is the Exploding Heads podcast. This is episode number five. I am Dave Z, and I'd like to introduce to you guys the B and C to my D. (laughs) (laughs) That took two weeks, didn't it? Yes, it did. That was awesome. I get two weeks to rehearse it? Yes. (laughs) Brandon and Christian, ladies and gentlemen, what's up, guys? Hey, what's going on? Hey, everybody. At least you don't say coming at you live. I have a buddy who does the podcast, and he always says coming at you live. And I want to be like, dude, it's not live. (laughs) It's the complete opposite of live. (laughs) That's right. It's not live at all. But I guess you're kind of like talking like, like as if someone's listening right now. Well, first of all, I, I want to personally, on behalf of everybody, thank all the listeners. More and more people have come forward. Uh, we've been getting uh, some people have been late to the party, but but they're here. They've made posts on our Facebook page. They said some things, loving the show. Thanks, you know. Yeah, thanks, keep up guys. The, right, keep up the good work. They're yeah, saying. Thank you. Getting good feedback. So yes, thank you from everybody. You know, I will say this though, as long as I'm on the, the subject of uh, of getting feedback, iTunes. That's where we're at. Let me put it out there. Right now, you're listening to this on our iTunes feed and the Banana Laser feed because I'm pimping it out for a few more shows <laughs> so everybody can get accustomed to us. But now, stop what you're doing. We'll wait. Go over. <laughs> Coming at you live, right? <laughs> we'll wait. Face. Yes. Pause the show. Go over to your iTunes. Type in Exploding Heads Horror Podcast. We'll pop up and then click on the subscribe button. If you Click on the subscribe button. Every show will be automatically downloaded to the device of your choice. So, Can I add one other thing to that, Dave? We add all you want to that. So if you guys are on iTunes and you're already getting the show from there, uh, take a few minutes. Love us, hate us, whatever it is. Rate us. Review. We would appreciate it. That's my rant. You guys are both tens in my book. (laughs) Ten out of ten. Yeah, so are you guys. Awesome. Tens all around. Yeah. Woo! But, but, you know, as long as you're saying that, I, I have a secret now. Um, it's not very hard to get the ratings and the reviews. You just have to know how to do it now. But Analyzer, we probably had upwards to 40. We did pretty good. And it wasn't just people that wanted to say nice things about us. There's a secret to this, guys. And I, I guess I'll let the, cat, let the cat out of the bag or five episodes in. We have some merchandise here. We are going to give some horror merchandise away. We couldn't do it right off the bat. I mean, come on. We got to get more listeners but when we do have our giveaways the way we're going to decide who's getting them who's going to be in the contest are the people that give us ratings and reviews on the feeds on itunes on stitcher even if if you if you're not subscribed there even if you come in and you say it anywhere even on your facebook page i don't care as long as you give us a rating and a review you are automatically entered into each and every one of the contests we have on the show so, oh, that sounds awesome. So Nice. I might rate us. I want to yeah. win some stuff. I might sure. put a few fake reviews on. Yeah. <laughs> that Christian guy, it's hilarious. <laughs> Do it. Have your family put in. Wow, yeah. Christian, make it believable. Yeah. <laughs> that Christian guy's hilarious. Who's going to buy that? Like, oh, Christian wrote that. <laughs> oh, Brandon, you got me, you son of... Right out of the gate. Yes. Coming at... Guns of a... Guns of blazing. You know yeah. what? I, I side with the uh, Discord service guys now. 
Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess we should get on to that. Um, bribery works. Let me just say that. So there you go, Christian. Keep that in mind for uh, TGIF. And uh, Descort service. Brandon, I think you should take it away. I mean, uh, check it out. This guy here. This rookie, guy. This guy here. This he's, guy. He's rookie of the year. He really, I mean, whoever uh, on their third show. I don't think it's ever been done in the history of horror podcasts, and I don't think I'm being too bold when I say that, but I can't ever recall somebody being three podcasts in and already having a quote of theirs taken and put on something. No, nah, it never happened. It's first time. It's got to be, yeah. really. Yeah, they're actually using the quote in a magazine. They actually thanked me for the quote. <laughs> That's awesome. I, That's yeah, awesome. I felt weird. I was like, you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> So the movie you shit on, the movie you said was the worst movie of the year. Yeah. Death Scorch Service. Okay. Uh, we, we heard it. He, he trashed it. He said terrible things about it. <laughs> the director reached out to him, friended him on Facebook. Am I right so far? Yeah, the director and, and the writer. They were t- he wrote it also, the director and the other co-writer. Okay. They, bo- they both reached out to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they reached out to you, see, I didn't get all the story. All, 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 all Brandon's told me is that he friended him on Facebook, and then suddenly, a day or two later, we see the quote that's that's going to be in the magazine, and our quote is sitting there next to people like Fangoria and something. I forgot exactly. You probably know it better than I do, Brandon, right? Yeah, I have it right in front of me, actually. It says, it's from Sean Donahue, who's the director of the film. Actually, a very nice guy. I spoke with him, and everything's cool. But good he sports. Said we, good sports. Yeah, very good sports. He yeah. said, we made a top ten worst films of the year. Okay, this is pretty awesome. These folks gave Death Court Service a zero out of ten and called it an absolutely disgusting, unredeeming film. They go on to further say that they had to disinfect their house after watching it. <laughs> and then he says, best review yet. Hilarious. I am glad I offended. Epic. <laughs> awesome. I got, I'm associated with that. <laughs> You know, honestly, I didn't realize it was the, I didn't realize it was the director when he first friended me. Oh, I accepted the friend request, and I just clicked just to see, like, because usually I like to see who they're friends with. Because usually it's just friends from the horror community, so I just make sure I'm not like ex- accepting someone who's going to try to sell me sunglasses or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the friend request. I get the friend request, and I open up his homepage, and the first thing I see is Deathcore Service. I'm like, oh, this fucking guy likes Deathcore Service too. I didn't realize it was the director. <laughs> And then I go on to read, and it, like, it, like everybody was really cool about it. You know, there are a few people in here, like obviously coming to the defense of the filmmakers. You know, they kind of criticize us. They're like, these guys liked Final Girls. You can't listen to anything they say. Oh yeah, because it's so squeaky clean. We should get these guys on for an interview or something like that. I want to know if they showed oh, their parents so- this, like on like opening night. <laughs> hey ma, ma, come here. <laughs> one guy wrote, "Don't tell me." One of them has a slightly nasal voice and is always trying to be cute. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> what do you mean trying to be cute? Wait, I, I didn't know who he was referring to because I always feel like I sound nasally. So apparently it could be any of us, but apparently we're all nasally and cute. Well, no, I've been I, called I, worse. I was joking, I, but I think I, yeah, I think I sound nasally. I don't know if I sound cute, but I'm always giggling in the, in the fucking background like a schoolgirl. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I don't know. It could be any of us. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, Headites, weigh in. Tell us who, which one of us is nasally and cute. <laughs> I think Brand, Brandon. I think you won. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know. I sound nasally and cute. 
Well, did the guy say anything to you when he messaged you? No, you know, I tried okay. to explain to no him. Here's, here, here's, no, we, we talked back and forth oh, for a okay. little bit. He, he basically said, like, it's cool. He's like, he actually said to me, he said, I knew this film was going to offend someone. I just thought it would be a woman first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was like a little. Oh, that was a know. dig. Yeah, that was a dig. Yeah, yeah that was a little, a you know, like, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but I just, you know, I was trying to explain to him that, you know, in the heat of the moment, just after watching so many new films last year, that I do want to be careful in the future about at least giving a more objective review of a film, and then I could shit all over it if I didn't like it. Because the point is, it wasn't for me, but a lot of people did like it. And That's so, fine, though. This is, yeah, oh, yeah. This yeah. is what this is all about, isn't it? Right, this is a horror podcast. If nothing else, it should be at least be entertaining. Right? Yeah, and and that's honestly the reason why I reviewed it the way I did. But right. to be honest, I never want to turn other people off from checking it out because everyone needs to to make their own decisions. Because I mean, I get shit for films I like, so I mean, it, it's just the way it is. Well, yeah, I mean, look at look at the headless discussion we had. Yeah, come on, I mean, yeah, the director just... never called me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish he would. <laughs> shit. Yeah, I was telling Dave Christian that uh, I'm a little skeptical about doing tonight's show because I'm afraid Clyde Barker might reach out to us and. Try to smack me around or something. He does. I don't he, like he, actually, he, he does really um, engage with his fans. Uh, uh-uh. yeah, I better really? be care- I better be careful then what I say. Only if you say something stupid. <laughs> Rawhead is the greatest film ever. No, I think I think he disowned those movies. I honestly think <gasps> I remember yes. reading in Fangoria a long time ago. I believe it was Fangoria that he disowned uh, Underworld, aka Transmutations, and uh, Rawhead Rex. Clyde Barker is the smartest man ever. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I remember. I remember reading that way back when. I know of Rawhead just because I did a little bit of research, as I always do for the for the the movies that we're covering. I didn't know about the transmutations thing, so but it yeah, does. I, make I sense. didn't know about either. I just tried to do research into the story part because I mean, obviously, everything he that came to screen is based on one of his stories, and there's a lot of unanswered stuff in here, so. Yeah. I, I always find that it is with Clive Barker. He kind of leaves things out there. Yeah. And you either go with it or you're, you're left with your head scratching. Yeah. Well, scratching your own head, not yeah. your head scratching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is my head scratching? Jesus, I got a hand coming out of my head. It's scratching. You're so nasally acute. Oh, <laughs> man. That's crazy. Jeez. That yes. hurts. <laughs> that hurt for all of about 12 seconds. Like, what? Nasally? Oh, wait. He said I'm cute. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, so well, well, thanks to the director for doing that. Yeah, and the writer, both guys. And the thanks. writer. Yeah, thanks for being good sports. Continue, uh, continue making films. I'll continue to check them out and give them reviews. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's what we're here for. We got to yeah. be entertaining and give our honest opinion. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's what podcasts do. Shit. So that's what we do. Now I have a message I wanted to read. A guy by the name of Justin Lawrence J Law on on pardon not Facebook on Twitter. Sent me a message. Uh, J-Law, he's been listening to uh, shows that I've been on for a while. And the funny thing is, I used to know him back in the day on um, on a horror message board called Crystal Lake After Dark, which is one that Alex started, a Friday the 13th, take a drink, <laughs> <laughs> a message board that he started, and that's you know Alex from uh, Skeleton Crew Banana Laser. Uh, that's where actually we met way back in 2004. We met on this board. It was a... Friday the 13th based thing. So anyway, this J-Law came in, uh, you know, got to know him a little bit on the site, and he was cool. And then here's the funny thing. Uh, you know, message boards aren't really what they once were 
pretty much social media was taken over by Facebook and, you know, everything else. So message boards, a lot of them are dormant. So this site's still active, not anywhere near what it used to be, you know, 12 years ago. But I knew this guy there. Now, I went on, Alex went on to start the Skeleton Crew show. He did his show for year and a half, whatever, before uh, he reached out to me and said, you got to listen to the show, and I did, and that's why I'm here now. So this has been discussed on other shows I've been on before. Now, the funny thing is, once upon a time, this guy messages me through the, uh, actually, I messaged him through the thing. I said, you should get on Facebook, and he's like, hey, wait a minute. Long story short, we got together, and this was after Banana Leaser was up and running for a year. And he says, wait a minute. He's like, you're Dave Z? I said, yeah. He's like, holy shit, I've been listening to the show since day one. I've been listening to Skeleton Crew since Alex started, etc. So uh, he, he, he's not on Facebook, but he, he's a fan of the show, and he sent us a, uh, a message on our Twitter, and it had to do with our year-end show. So it, it's a real nice uh, message. It, it, it's a little lengthy, but, but I think it's worth it. So um, he does refer to people that I've done the shows with, the Skeleton Crew, Banana Laser. So... And he also mentions all of us. So I'll censor those guys' names out. Yeah, okay. we'll edit them out. <laughs> yeah, just, you can beat them. Yeah, you can I'm, beat them. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Here's what he says. Long message incoming. <clears throat> Top-notch show. Top-notch. <laughs> Top-notch. Top-notch. Uh, I wanted to send my top picks in, but got too busy to sit down and rank them. Even now, perusing through all the horror of 2015, I feel like I'm still overlooking a film or two. So he gives his pick seven to one. Number seven, The Visit. Number six, Creep. Number five, Lost After Dark. Number four, Unfriended. Number three, The Final Girls. Number two, Crimson Peak. Number one, It Follows. So that's his list. Nice. Solid. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Top notch list. Top notch. Top notch. Um, he says, I tend to play catch up on whatever year it is during the winter months in New England, so I'm definitely going to be checking out some of the movies the three of you mentioned particularly the editor in the Atticus Institute. The editor looks fantastic. One pick on Google images of the chick hunched over a table looking at a screen and the black glove killer in the foreground combined with the shared passion I have with you for our general has me sold. I'm going to have to listen to that portion of the show again to jot down the rest. Based on what I have watched, the year seemed to be a bit lighter than 2014. It follows and Crimson Peak were personally, and not so personally, almost everyone loves them. Clear standouts. And then there's the big drop to the final girls at number three. I'm just like you. I adore the 80s slashers. So any send-up to them that is well done is much appreciated. Unfriended was my biggest surprise for the year. Totally blew me away. Speaking of slasher tributes, had hard not to dig what they did with Lost After Dark. Creep and The Visit both had great performances and unsettling moments, though I'm not sure what kind of rewatch value they have. Continued thoughts of the show. I can feel something great happening as you guys continue on. Again, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I must have 50 to 60 different shows in my feed. Wow. wow. <laughs> I can wild. listen. What's that? That is a wow. Holy smoke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. I thought I listened to a lot. Uh, <clears throat> I can listen to, uh, I can listen nearly all night at work if I want to. What has always made the various shows with you, Alex, Matt, Jamie, Mike, and for his time, Dan, stand out and appeal to me personally is the oh-so-rare perfect balance of humor with serious discussion on horror. So many other shows can't balance it. They're either way too goofy, they're filled merely with toilet humor, and the humor just won't appeal when it's being pounded in over a two-hour show. On the flip side, straight serious discussions are awesome and thought-provoking, but a lot of the times the host's personalities 
just make it less interesting than it should be. I tend not to listen again to those individual episodes. Then he goes on to say this, I have always found you a hilarious guy on these shows, Dave. Well, thank you, sir. You all joke and poke fun constantly, but the difference is that it is done lovingly and it is all legit funny. It doesn't take away from it because in one sentence you're hilarious and the very next you're analyzing the fuck out of a film. (laughs) (laughs) The freaking pizza pizza jokes that were peppered through this episode (laughs) and me bursting out laughing while working. Okay, now here's where you guys come in. Brandon and Christian share that same quality of knowing their shit, loving their shit, yet also being able to be absolutely hilarious. Top notch, top fucking notch. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Right, that was worth the read. Yes, See? it was. Thank yeah. you. Uno, uno, uh, sorry, Dave. You, I think you did say his name earlier. Can you repeat it again? I think he needs, he needs another Jay shout out. Yes, his name is Justin Lawrence. He is, uh, if you Jay want to find him Justin at Twitter, Lawrence. Yep. he's at JLaw1719. Thank you, homie. Thank We're you. going to find you, Justin. Thank <laughs> you. If you want to follow me, I live in New Jersey. Just come here and follow me. <laughs> he's never coming. <laughs> You know what? I, on a, just on a side note, uh, Dave, uh, someone um, not to bring I'll, not to bring up TGIF again, but uh, they they linked up to it. No, they linked up to it, and they just said, "Hey, I love Friday the Thirteenth and everything. Take a drink." Uh, and I, I have a podcast on Horophilia Network, and I'm like, "What?" And he says, "NFW." He says, "You've been on it." What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've just, been on it. Me? Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, they, I've been on. It. I thought yeah. I thought you said you've been on. It. No, no, no. You? No, sorry. I'm <laughs> okay, so excited. I'm so excited about <laughs> right, you. Right. That uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I just said, oh yeah, no, I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up. We're recording tonight, so I'm gonna bring it up. Yeah, he he would definitely, uh, as much as anybody, he would appreciate your show because that's what he does. He does the same thing, not exactly the way you do, but NFW does commentaries, but they sync it right up. They're like, okay, we're starting the movie now, uh, so that they're they're inviting you to watch the film with them, and then lower the sound on your TV and listen to them do the commentary over it. Well, I, so, def- I told them to check it out. I, I, I'm interested in that. I always say, you know, I that's what we started out as, but then I get antsy with the editing and I worry about dead spots and, mm-hmm. you know. No, but that's good. But see, but with you, there's just two guys doing it, where yeah. when you listen to NFW, sometimes there's four. Sometimes oh, even. Wow. okay. So there isn't a whole lot of downtime. Usually those guys, honestly, they get on there. They don't even always talk about the film at hand. They, <laughs> they'll go off to another. You know, they party a little. They have fun. So, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, good. Oh, I'm going to check that, it out. I'm going to check that's that out. That's Neil. Yeah, that's NFW. Yeah, and they're also on uh, Horfi, of course. But, yeah, I think I, I, he would definitely dig your show because, like I said, it's of the same vein. And I've been on a couple of their shows, too. It's been a while, but, yeah. Awesome. I'll, I'm yeah. going to, uh, like I said, traveling tomorrow, so I think I'll load some of those up. Very good. Very good. And don't forget to load up some old Banana Laser and uh, old Skeleton Crew. And uh, Oh, and, and the new one. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't you just record a new one? ABC's A Hidden Horror. Check yeah. that out. ABC's. Yeah, check it out, man. That's me and Jamie and Brian, and that's on Horrorophilia. So check it out, kids. Go and subscribe to that, too. Shit. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Promo. Promo. That's right. Speaking of promo, yes, we have to make one, but that's we'll, we'll talk about that later. Because I, I made one for uh, ABC, so it's going to be played on this show and other shows. And we got to do the same so we get our shit out there. Guess I got to write a script. This is what I'm saying. So yeah, that I, that's what I do. I thought I gave up script writing when banana leaves are ended, but for for this sake, I'll write a script. Okay, <laughs> uh, episode five, guys. This is what we're going to try to do every fifth episode. Episode. We want to do something special. 
We want to do something out of the ordinary that isn't our regular format. Now, yes, I, I know episode three, it is what it is. It's a year-end show. We can't time that. But I think every show five, show ten, we already have something planned for show 15, which is going to be pretty cool. But I think on the fives, that's when you can expect something different. And that's what this show is. It's not our regular format. We're not doing an old and a new in this case, we're actually doing three movies from three different decades. That just kind of happened to fall into our lap. That wasn't planned. The plan was to do a Clive Barker show. Clive Barker, not the obvious movies. We're not going to be doing Hellraiser. We're not going to be doing Candyman. We're not going to be doing Nightbreed. We're going to do some other Clive Barker movies, ones that he wrote for sure and directed one. So today's special is, is I don't know if we have a title for it, but Barker Fest, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Barker Fest. No, it's now Barker Fest. That's what it's yeah. Wait, we're not doing Hellraiser and Candyman? Uh-oh. Give me give me four hours. I'll be right back. <laughs> well, yeah, Christian and I will just talk for the first first one, and <laughs> you can just go to IMDb and read the message boards or something for, for those two. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to call it a triple threat. I don't know if we have an official title, but we're trying to do something. Every fifth show, we do something special, and we like this idea of bringing three movies in that have a common thread. So today it's it's Clive Barker, and the three movies we're doing. Uh, oh shit! I, actually, Brandon can say it when we get there, but I don't know the exact year. But uh, one from the eighties is called Rawhead Rex. One from the nineties is Lord of Illusions, which he also directed, and one from the two thousands is The Midnight Meat Train. That's what we're doing. Uh, we're not going to really get into the whole spoiler thing. Uh, there's only one thing to be said at the end of Midnight Meat Train. I, I guess that would be considered spoiler. If we do discuss it, it will be at the very end, so you could shut it off. Maybe we'll give the grade and then we'll discuss that, but I don't know. We're, I think we may, may be doing something different with the format. Like we say every time, it, yeah. it's still a work in progress. We're trying to figure out what the people want to hear. Which I think is just change it up every time. <laughs> Our <laughs> process is not having a process. Yes, sir. I, I can dig that. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with something here. I'm not gonna break precedent. We've had some uh, what do you call them uh, cliffhangers, and usually the cliffhanger doesn't come the next show. It comes the show after that, <laughs> and that that's what's happened so far. And I, I realized that I had a cliffhanger, not a, really a cliffhanger, but I said something on show three about a movie, a found footage movie that I liked the way it ended, and it was anyone that can go back and listen, they'll know what I'm talking about. But the name of that movie was called Crow's Nest. Uh, I don't Crow's remember. Nest. Well. You may not like it. I just happen to. It's one of those found footage movies that I really get into the last act. Check it out. So there you go. So that that's our um that's our cliffhanger. It was from two episodes ago, and I'm I'm telling you now. So, <laughs> so is there anything else we need to address before we get into? Uh, we're going to take these in order. We're going to go 80s, 90s, 2000s before we get into this um, Rawhead Rex movie. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's jump Let's do right it. in. Let's do it. Okay, now, Brandon, do you, yes. do you have the information on this movie? Of course. Rawhead this? Rex from 1986. Ireland will never be the same after Rawhead Rex, a particularly nasty demon, is released from his underground prison by an unwitting farmer. The film follows Rex's cross-country rampage while a man struggles to stop it. All right. Uh, that, yeah, that was the end I was going to tell you. <laughs> yep, I, I, I could buy that. That sounded like the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, this one was directed by George Pablo, who uh, also directed Transmutations, which was originally on the docket for tonight, but got canceled at the last minute. And this one was obviously written by Clive Barker. Oh, so wait a minute. So Transmutations 
and Rawhead Rex are the same director. Same director. Son of a bitch. Wow. Well, Transmutations, we had to get that. That was a hard movie to locate. And we have it. All three of us are in possession of it. And it's very hard to find. It's out of print. It, you can't even fucking torn it. It's not on YouTube. You can't get the movie. So, But yeah. we have a copy. So, you know, we're going to find a reason to do it. I don't know what the reason's going to be, what the thread's going to be for that show. But we're going to do it since we own it. I mean, how could we not? But Absolutely. Yeah, you know. But just not this show. This show, th- this show we decided on Midnight Meat Train last minute. That's what we're, we're sticking with it. So... That's where we're at. Now, Ireland. Wow. Ireland. So, Clive Barker. Let me just start off by saying this. This doesn't seem like it was written by Clive Barker. Well, I think he... It was a, wasn't this based on a screenplay by Clive Barker? Or a did he story. actually write... Or a story. Uh, sorry. Yeah. A, a story. Did he write the screenplay, though? He did write the screenplay. He did. Okay. I'm mixing it up yeah. with... I'm mixing the it only, up with... You, the Midnight, Midnight Meat Train. Train. Yeah. Yeah, Midnight Meat Train, he didn't write the screenplay. Midnight Meat Train's the only one where he's just credited because he wrote the story that yeah. it's based on. Sorry, I mixed that up there. And uh, yeah, that it is uh I, I hear you, Dave. I uh, it's not a typical Clive Barker story. No, it doesn't have any of those any of those elements that like you see. And it, like when we get to Lord of Illusions, that feels like a like like a nightbreed and a hellraiser. Yeah. A, yep. Right, it has that feel to it. Exactly. And even Midnight Meat Train in a different way. It just, I don't know, this does not seem like Barker to me. It seems, like, and maybe that's why he swore it off. Because you, you are right. He did swear it off. He, he made this movie. He, he, this, was, this appeared in, in his Books of Blood, one of the volumes. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. uh, he wrote this book, you know, he wrote the story of Rawhead Rex. It was in, in uh, Books of Blood. Now, this movie came out. He didn't like what he saw on screen. I don't know exactly, you know, the particulars, but that is the reason he was like, okay, you know what? Fuck you. I am going to direct. And then the next year or the next movie was Hellraiser. And that's when he stood and stepped in the director's chair. And so basically transmutations and then this were enough for him to see that he said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to let anyone else direct my work. I'm going to do it. So next comes Hellraiser. But, you know, you guys know what I'm saying. It doesn't seem like – there's nothing – it just seems like a basic story, doesn't it? Very basic. The only thing I felt that uh, stayed true to Clive Barker's films is a lot of unanswered stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even with this one, I found myself, like, just not understanding the, you know, the who, what, when, where, whys. Yeah, why, why, why is, is pretty much <laughs> – that, that's what I have to say, too. And, that, and really, Rawhead Ricks, the character itself, just looks like uh, – kind of like one of the Cenobites, like a forgotten Cenobite from like uh, Hellraiser, like, even wearing like the same garb, kind of. He definitely had a unique look. To, it was like a combination of a Cenobite, a fucking a He-Man figure, <laughs> a, um, a Gamorrean guard from uh, Return of the Jedi. And Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> he had a long horse face. Oh, and those uh, eyes are just rolling. It's just right. the weirdest thing. <laughs> hey, Rex, why the long face? <laughs> oh! Oh! Ah, <laughs> uh, Clay. <laughs> uh, Clay. <laughs> Clay already, okay. And he also kind of looked like, um, you, I know you guys are familiar with the Twilight Zone movie. With the the, um, the oh, yeah. With John Lithgow and the guy in the plane, the gremlin, if you will, from the original show. Yeah. He also had a look like that, kind of. The makeup effects were very 80s. It had that look. Some people might think it looks a little too rubbery. I don't know. I'm okay with it. It just, 
Peter Litton did a good job. Peter Litton did. Except for yeah. the close-ups. The close-ups were bad. Like, the close-ups, like, when they show those eyes rolling over, and, of course, he's got the glowing <laughs> red eyes. Like, the glowing red eyes have been done to death, I think, by this point already. Uh, but from afar, he looked cool and menacing. There was a, there was a lot of hand-burning in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and why? How about that? Why did that guy, why did the priest just out of nowhere decide to put his hand in the middle of the altar and get his hand burned? I don't know. I Did nobody notice that. the beady red eyes coming through the glass like the whole time? Right? In the beginning? And that's it. They they didn't have to show those close-ups. They were unnecessary. They would have just been better off not showing close-ups of him because it, he would have looked better. Well, it's you like, said yeah. you, you, wonder, you wonder why Clive Barker renounced the movie. I think it's probably um, the, the lighting, the directing, the editing, and the music. The, like, I don't think any of it was very well done. There's some of the acting was actually okay. I remember watching this when I was younger, my teens, and hating it. Like just hating it. And I think I tried to rewatch it and said, "What am I doing?" But I actually kind of enjoyed it this time. There was no okay, one, I, I, there was I'm no sorry. one and a half speed. And <laughs> yeah, no, I actually enjoyed it. I mean, it's by no means a good movie, but I felt like the atmosphere was lacking. You know what reminds I felt like everything was everything was shot during the daylight. Like, how come no night scenes, no fog, nothing well, you, like well, that? They did, they did have fog in night scenes, actually, but a lot of Clive, Clive Barker does do that. And I, that's one I didn't see I, it in Rex. I, no, but I, <laughs> I do like um, how Clive Barker does do it. Now, whether or not that was, I know he does it in Lord of Illusions, which we'll get to, but he yeah. loves staging things during the day. And mm-hmm. horror movies are traditionally at night, and I, always, I thought that that aspect was kind of cool. But no, they had those scenes that sh- looked like they were shot all on the same night with the same fog machine where Rodhead <laughs> Rex is on the, the mountaintop there and he's like roaring, he's staring down at someone, roaring, he's holding the severed head. It mm-hmm. all looks like it's been done right at the same time. Fog <laughs> galore. Yes. And that altercation in, in, the, uh, in the trailer park, that was in the evening, you know, when, when, when the couple goes off and then yeah. the kid sees his toy smash and all that. That was evening shots, which... I don't know about you guys, but let me get to that. There's a trailer park. I, for one, never pictured a trailer park in Ireland. I, I don't know why. When I picture Ireland, I picture the grassy knoll. I picture, picture fucking stone houses or something. Were they supposed to be like uh, like gypsies? <laughs> gypsies? It just looked like a regular trailer park to me, like one you'd see in the States. No, I, I know, I know. They were traveling but... together, though. It looked like they were... I know what you're saying. like Almost like they... I don't know if they lived there. It looked like they were just parked there. Yeah. Or, or something like that, like traveling, like a traveling circus. Oh, they're carnies. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Small hands, circus folk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just seemed weird to me. That, 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 that didn't um, seem out of the ordinary to you? Like when you saw a trailer park in Ireland, you guys weren't like a little taken back by that? I figured they spent all their money on beer, so they just they had to live in a trailer. <laughs> They are Irish. Yeah. I was too busy taking notes about the fact that I tried to watch this with subtitles on YouTube. Did you guys try this at all? No. No. I put the, I put the closed captioning up, and <laughs> I very quickly realized that whoever translated it is a lunatic. Because <laughs> one of the lines was when the kid ran back to the uh, trailer park, the guy says to him, says, what is it, son? Speak up. And the translation said, why does it suck, peacock? <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, he said, "What is it, son? 
and the translation said, why does it suck? And then he said, speak up. And he said, peacock. <laughs> That's hilarious. Someone was having fun with that. Yeah, I was like, I was like, why does it suck, Peacock? What the hell are they talking about? And I'm like, I better turn these off and rewind that part. Oh, that's great. That that yeah. shit. If we if we ever do a um a commentary episode with video, we should oh, do that man. with subtitle. Oh, they're they're atrocious. There's words going at the beginning when there's no dialogue. Really? Yeah, there's just words being put up. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I love that. Well, here's what I don't get. The beginning of the movie, for no reason whatsoever, this guy's moving this fucking statue, right? And <laughs> yeah, they never yeah. explained that. They, they never don't. Explained it. No. And just, I don't understand. It looks like a. It almost looks like a big cock, actually. Yeah, it's, just, it's a big cock statue. Right, and then he just kind of he asks these guys for help, and they say, "Well, we're leaving now," or times. I don't know what it was, but bottom line is, this guy's trying to move a statue near a church, and. Somehow he dislodges the statue, and because of that, the ground breaks, and the next thing you know, out comes this monster, this raw head Rex monster, which, when you first look at it, because of the cheesy effects and stuff, <laughs> you can't tell if that thing was, like, 100 foot or 10 or what. It was just weird. Yeah, he's actually supposed to be about 9 feet tall, according to the story. And he's also, like, buried, like, what, like, maybe pebble deep? Yeah, well, that's the, that's the thing. They make right. reference to how ha- they make reference to how he's been there since like before Christ, and he's a pagan god or a pagan demon, and, and all of a sudden, this guy just has a little track to pull a rock out, and and then he's unleashed after thousands of years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like with the dust covering of dirt on him. He <laughs> didn't dig much, right? Yeah, he was right there. And then, but then that's it. Then he just wreaks havoc on the town. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, there's no, there's nothing else. It doesn't even attempt to try to explain anything else. Am I wrong? Like, other than we're following the, the photographer, and he's trying to find his family roots with his wife that just wants to get the hell out of the country and go to the big city, and the kids that are annoying, and then the kid, you know, there's child death, which is fantastic. Right, Dave? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it sure was great. And, you know, speaking of the children, did you guys notice that the photographer and his wife were clearly English-speaking people? They sound like they're American. Didn't the children sound like they were foreign? I didn't notice. Holy shit. I, I know. Okay, I noticed it almost right away. Then I thought, well, maybe not, maybe not. And then my wife came in, and I, I asked her. And she says, no, at first. Then later on, she says, oh, wait a minute. She goes, you're right. They sounded like they were from the U.K., and they were trying to sound American. <laughs> It was just odd. I was like, why would they? Now, I'm guessing that these are all UK actors because it's, it's, it's Clive Barker. I could be wrong. I really could be wrong. In the book, they're, they're all from London, actually. They're not, you know, and this they're supposed to be from the States, but. Well, the father is an American actor. David Dukes is an American actor. Okay. Yeah, actually, David Dukes is. Right. Yeah, okay. Actually, I think both the parents were American actors. But I'm telling you, those children. Uh, they had like strange accents. They didn't. Yeah, the the son is from Ireland and Minty, Minty, <laughs> Minty. That was her name, Minty. Like and like the, like this gum taste Minty. Yes, <laughs> I thought it was Mindy the whole time. Then I'm like, they sounds like they're saying Minty. That's and Irish. I, yeah, Minty. That's, that's Irish. <laughs> sounds like an Irish name. It's green. It's mint. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Holy stereotype, Dave. I don't know. It just sounds like I'm, an Irish I'm, I'm name. Totally kidding. I'm joking. Minty. 
I like how when she had to go to the bathroom, the mother like, McGinty- let, her, let her go alone. She has to grow up sometime. <laughs> yeah. She was like three or four years old. Yeah, She's got to grow up sometime. Fuck you. My daughter's nine. I would never let her go off the fucking, off a road, behind a fence, and behind fucking bushes yeah. anywhere. Especially I, I after leaped. you've seen the fucking monster. <laughs> like at right. this point, he's seen the monster. <laughs> You're aware it's there. Correct. <laughs> And what's worse is when they get out there and she screams because she sees a fucking dead rabbit. What's worse than that is that's when Rex gets their son. Now, the he goes into the – first of all, the kid doesn't fucking scream, does nothing. He's – Rex is fucking grabbing him by his, his – what a body part, whatever the fuck he's doing. The kid's in the backseat. Rex is grabbing him. The kid's just like kicking him off. No scream, no yell, nothing. No cry for help, nothing whatsoever. Then the father – Comes back, he sees something's going on, he gets to the fence, and all of a sudden, the fence that he just fucking crawled through a minute ago, <laughs> he can't get through, and he's not <laughs> showing the least bit of urgency to fucking save his son. He didn't really like his kids. It was evident. <laughs> like they, he wanted to take photographs, and they're just getting in his way. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He cared more about the stained glass pictures than, <laughs> than his children. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, what the fuck... This is a church. Yeah. This is this is a Catholic church. This is Ireland. Okay, it's the heart of fucking that country. Why in the fuck would a church... Now, I'll tell you this. I was raised Catholic. I know a little bit about what goes on inside that church. They have those stained glass pictures, and what they have around them is what they call the Stations of the Cross. And it's the story of Christ being crucified, okay? And there's each station represents something different. Now, this, this is stained glass... It's none of that. They're showing fucking pagan rituals and shit and stuff that alludes to Rawhead Rex in our church. It was a unique artist. Uh, <laughs> I thought the same thing, too. Like, there's, it's clearly Rawhead Rex in that thing. Pretty cool stained glass. I think the budget went to make that stained glass window <laughs> because that was yeah, really why did, cool. Why did they have to make those crappy drawings to show the police? They could have just been like, come to the church. It's the guy in the glass. That's who's killing everyone. Right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I mean, that, it, they're all making really crappy drawings, by the way. Like, to, like, like. Awful. <laughs> and speaking awful. of the church, why does the church have a priest? And then, like, it, it's like a one cat. Like, what? There's like five families that they sing the same song over and over and over again. Remember that? That's awful. the other annoying part when Ryan Rex is about to get uh, unleashed, and they keep repeating the same song over and over again. But there's a priest. You think, okay, that's the guy that owns the church or that's at the church. No, no, no. There's like a headmaster or something like that, like above him that like oversees everything. That's yes. I, I just thought that was odd for like such a small town, one church, four people attending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the one guy, what, what do you call him, the verger or something? Yeah, yeah the verger. Okay. De- Declan. Yeah, he's a dick. What a fucking yeah, dick. <laughs> right? Holy fuck, what an yeah, asshole real... priest, right? <laughs> but the other guy is kind of like the clergy. He's like, um, I don't know, he, he handles the paperwork or something, I guess. I don't know. I I can't say I know exactly how a church is run. But... Lots of paperwork. How much, okay, Eucharist went, how much Eucharist went out this week? Oh, okay. we've got to keep this inventory straight here. This body of Christ doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> he didn't keep the inventory very well because the minute he's asked for the, the records from the rectory, he's like, oh, they're mysteriously gone. Yeah, yes. true, true. And why were they gone? Did the, did the other priest take them? Yeah. Not, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if that was resolved or not. Yeah. Okay. All right, but later on, that priest, the clergyman, what's his name? I don't fucking know. Howard. 
Howard. Okay, so Howard's there, and he's actually giving the fucking... Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Howard was the father. The photographer, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, let's just call him head priest. Okay, so head priest is, is, (laughs) is, is busting the guy's balls because he's coming in and they're saying... This is going on, this rawhead, well, he doesn't call him that. He's never referred to as rawhead Rex until later by the verger. But he's in there saying, this has happened. I've lost a son because of this. I need your help. Look what's going on in the church. There's a missing piece on this. He's constructing all this fucking shit. And what does the what does the priest tell him, the clergyman? He says, this is paganism, he tells him. First of all, <laughs> he's talking about pictures that are in your church. You have no problem with fucking raw head Rex pictures in your stained glass. But when this guy comes asking questions, it's suddenly paganism. I, I, I call bullshit. I don't know. I just... Reverend Coot. 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 All right. Fucking Cooter. So are right you attacking on. Clive Barker there for script writing? Is that, is that where you're going there, Dave? I, this is why I don't think it's Clive Barker's work. I think that Clive Barker's work... Now, I, I, you know, I may have read this because I did read the books of blood when I was young. But I don't remember the Rawhead Rex story. I'd like to go back and read it, and I'm sure it's explained. Well, there's but, a comic. There's a comic, too. A graphic novel. Recently. Oh? Yeah, done in the last few years. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Glad, glad you mentioned that. In the comic, that's alluded to that Rawhead Rex is one of the berserkers from Nightbreed. Oh. Do you, do you guys remember Nightbreed that well yeah. or not? Yeah. 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 Okay. I just found it strange that, you know, one of these mindless berserkers that are not mindless, but whatever, you know what they were, Nightbreed, they're pounding on the fucking walls, they're below their, the, although it does kind of make sense, they are below their fucking Midians where the monsters live, and that's one of them that maybe snuck out, but I don't know, it's, I don't think that's, that's canon, I don't think that's something that Barker, how involved he's in, he is with that comic book, but that's what they said, that he, supposedly he's a, uh, one of the berserkers, I don't know. He's just a fucking red-eyed freak. I don't know. That fucking pisses on people. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Yeah, what like the hell? Fire hose <laughs> piss, and the that's priest the fir- loves it. <laughs> yeah, that's the first golden shower I've seen in a Clive Barker film. <laughs> what the fuck? And is it normally the priest the one that does that? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, role reversal. I'm yes. Catholic, too, so I can make that joke. Right, right. There you go. You can do it right <laughs> See, I, I had to rewind that a couple of times when I saw that. I'm like, is this fuck? Is that piss? Am I seeing right? Is this guy pissing on this priest? And I guess that was fucking. It was baptism. Hosed him down. It was baptism. Right. Baptism by demon piss. Yeah, he was being transferred over. He because this priest decided to to touch the altar. He got possessed by um, the spirit of Rawhead. Even though was Rawhead out at this point? Yes, he was. So it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I just don't I don't quite get the uh what they're going for here. Like the, the the guy is resurrected. That's easy. You know, this this fucking demon is unearthed and he's there. I mean that's silly, but that that's a basic story. There he is. Why the why does he need this priest to join his team? And what's what's he getting out of that? Yeah, they don't explain it. And then not only oh. that, but he like leaves cuz I think he gets resurrected then just goes and goes on a little bit of a murdering spree then he comes back and then again on the murdering spree and then like that pissing doesn't happen until like later on in the movie right yes it's right during the climax it's basically when the verger priest tells the clergyman that fucking you know lets him know what's going on here because he gets that whole fucking he gives him that whole speech and he's like get upstairs fuck face i can't keep god waiting (laughs) oh it's so funny 
He calls him fuckface. I had to write that down because that's that's a, that's a word I would use. I just to hear a priest say it. I don't know if you guys noticed. I don't mean to uh, derail the, this and go right back to the very beginning, but during the credit sequence with that god awful music and all the various shots of Howard driving, um, did you notice that the the very one of the very last shots? It looks like it's a one car road, and there's a car coming at them, <laughs> and then it cuts away, and it just. Then it just cuts to another shot of them driving through the city. I just thought it was really, I rewound it actually because I'm like, what? Did I just see a car coming at them? That would and, have been a perfect time to end the film. <laughs> <laughs> Head on collision. Head on collision and the end credits roll the end. right then and there. Yeah, and then you see Raw had Rex sitting there smiling like he, yeah, he was responsible. He was driving for the car. He, yeah, he was driving <laughs> the car. <laughs> he was the other driver. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, the end, he just crawls back under the big rock. Yeah. <laughs> The, the big, the big penis rock. Yeah, yep. The big, the rock cock. <laughs> yeah, now, how come? Go ahead, Brandon. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say it's just, it's just honestly too much unexplained. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really, uh, they really do miss out on, on. I mean, obviously, you know the who. You know, it's Rawhead Rex. You, you get it. He's a pagan demon or whatever. They make reference to, to how long he's been around. Obviously, he's recruiting people for his army. But you, you don't, you don't really know why. You don't know what his end game is and. You know, they don't really get much into the story of, of his folklore, which they could have. Would have made for a really good movie. This movie suffers from being too short, actually. You're right. You're right. It, there's too much unexplained. There there's, there's a lot there. Remake? <sighs> I say, I'm telling you, man. Maybe. This, this is a film that could benefit from a remake. Oh, mm-hmm. this was a total revision? Because the character yeah. itself... You know, modern, it's still practical effects, modernized, whatever it may be, uh, take it into a different setting. Like, it has potential. The, the character of Rawhead Rex himself, it's fairly, I mean, it's kind of fascinating and it could work. It's just, you're right. You're just left scratching your head, not heads left scratching. You know what I mean? <laughs> head was, my head was scratching my hand. I tell you, my head literally dropped into my hand, just started moving back and forth. <laughs> No, yeah, I totally agree. He is an interesting character. Just he's cool looking. There's just too much I don't get. I, I don't get why. Remember when that when that Irish couple was attacked by by him in the beginning, and he kills the man, and then he goes after the woman, and he he, he like tries to focus on her stomach, and then he decides to just leave her alone, and then he leaves her, and then later on the cops come and they discover the dead body, and they find her, and then she looks at the cops, and for no reason she growls at them, and then she starts crying. It's like. What did that have to do with any fucking thing at all? Yeah, I don't know why she why she was growling. I think she was just having a nervous breakdown. But obviously that scene at the time didn't make any sense. Like, come on, cut that baby out. But but in the end, obviously it makes sense. It does? Wait a minute. Wait, was there a baby in that stomach? Yeah, she was pregnant. So she was pregnant. He wanted yeah, that to was, kill her. Yeah, and he yeah that, was a big, that was a big thing as to why he didn't. There's a big reason as to why he didn't kill her. Hmm. Well, explain off the air. I guess he won't spoil it because I that, that that got by me. So, okay, I guess I'll give it a pass. That did make sense. Okay, yeah. I didn't get it at the time. It, it, I just and I still don't get it. But did you get it, Christian? You know, no, I don't think I. I think I missed that too. Maybe I'm making it up. <laughs> well, talk, I don't know anything no, about talk your theory. I don't think it's a spoiler. It's a no, no. It's really not a spoiler. I mean. This movie's like, it's not really much to talk about in terms of spoiling, but the statue that they use to defeat Rawhead Rex is some sort of fertility statue. 
Spoiler? <laughs> what? No, I, I knew it had to be a woman. Yeah, it's a spoiler. It's a it's a it's a fertility statue. How do you get that? I, I, it, because it the just, one thing it, was a cock. I, I, what? No, it's just it's a it's a woman with like a like a vagina on its belly. I the, thing they're holding, the thing they're holding over their head at the end. I yeah, just, what, and, it, like and it's and it and he even says the husband says it had to be a woman. I got had, that. I didn't know why though. Yeah, it had to be a mother, a woman, and she's he's can't. He, something with with pregnancy and and the women. It was a fertility statue so wait, that defeated him. Let me, That's the let me, only thing that he's scared of. Let me cut you off. Hold on. So, a woman can kill him. Only a woman can kill him. Yet when he had the chance to kill a woman, he fucking backed off from her. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't his his goal be to eliminate all women? Why would he want to keep them around if they could she kill him? Saw the pregnant belly, and she was a symbol of that fertility statue that um that freaked them out. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah, that's we don't, stupid. Uh, we don't no. need Clyde Barker here. Brandon's fucking figured it all out for us. Like, wow. Yeah, it's it is kind of stupid because it's not explained yeah. thoroughly. Yeah, and, or, and, or I'm stupid. Uh, but no, I'd rather it be, it be the movie. It is case. the movie. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Well, I, I it's never explained why. Like, why is a fertility symbol the thing that that freaks him out, and and why does it have to be a woman that kills him? No, it's not explained. It's not explained why he carries heads around randomly, and then all of a sudden they're just not there anymore. Yeah, he, he should be like wearing them around his neck, like a big like. Big... <laughs> and is it me? A necklace yeah. tied together by their hair? And like it, a, is it like me, or did it take him? Like... God, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, no, uh, no. I, I was a bad joke. So go right <laughs> I almost called you Declan. <laughs> <laughs> I was a go ahead, Declan. Go ahead, Berger. <laughs> No, I was going to say, is it me, or did he spend, like, six hours dragging Dennis around before he decided to hang him up and eat him? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he did. Like, I can't find a good spot to feast on this guy. <laughs> yeah. The kid, he ate right away, because we didn't... Honestly, as I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking the kid's going to pop back up at the end. Because, me too, me so too Dave, I. honestly. Yeah, there was no proof. He kept walking around like it was a matter of fact. This yeah. thing killed my son. Yeah, and I, I didn't believe it. Oh, I was like, oh, sure. he's lying. He was just in shock. He's not right, because they don't show him get eaten. No. My favorite line was when the guy said, would you care for a cup of tea? And his answer was, go fuck yourself. why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> I wrote that down too. I wrote tea, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And the other guy has had the best line of the whole movie, the fucking, the, the evil priest. And he's like, and they call him Rawhead. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? That's the only time. He's mentioned. There's no word mention of Rex. They call him Rawhead. This guy predates Christ. They really called somebody Rawhead fucking 2,000 years ago? <laughs> hey, Rawhead, over here. <laughs> what the fuck? So silly. And why does a photographer have a fucking Polaroid camera? <laughs> yeah. A fucking Polaroid in a church. Oh, I got to get this stuff right away. It's fucking, you know, very, very good quality pictures, these fucking Polaroids. They cost fucking... $20 at the department store. I'm a photographer. What the fuck? Just decisions like that just really just, I don't get it. I can't imagine that they're in the book. I just can't imagine that Clyde Barker would write that. That's all. It's strange. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You know You know what it felt like to me, this movie? It felt like an um, Tales from the Dark Side episode. It just had that feel. It felt like a television show. There was even a scene where the guy was sitting there, and it kind of faded to black. You know how, like, when you watch an, a TV show, especially back in those days, it, you know, it would fade out to black, and then a commercial would come on, and then it would, it would pick back up after the commercial? Yeah, I was hoping it was going to fade to some commercials. 
Yeah, Hellraiser baseball caps. Yeah, they're going to be fucking doing that. I'm telling you, go back and watch it with the closed captioning on. Why does it suck, Peacock? <laughs> peacock. Oh, that's what son. I said. Like, why does it suck, Peacock? And then I turned it off, and I hear him say, what is it, son? Speak up. I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds more normal. That's fucked up. Now, I have one more question before I wrap it up, and if you guys have any questions or statements, take your turn with it, because it's a fucked up movie, but... There's this one scene towards the end when all this shit's going on, and all of a sudden a guy runs up to Rawhead Rex and he says, for you. And he takes gasoline out of a car and starts a fire and fucking burns the trailer park and burns wherever the fuck they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. You would think that that guy was the priest because it, was, it seemed like that was the only disciple he had. Now, a minute later they go into the church again. The photographer goes into the church to put an end to this shit, and the priest is in there. So was that the priest, or was that just a random guy that all of a sudden decided to worship Rawhead Rex? It was the cop who was attacked. It was the, so the cop just suddenly became a disciple right then and there. He attacked him and 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 transformed him into a disciple. Wait a minute, Rawhead Rex attacked him. Yeah, after- remember he attacks him and drags him out of the car, and he's like choking him and holding him up in the air. Okay, so then he became a disciple as a result of that. Yeah. I guess he has, like, brainwashing power. Like, again, not enough explained, but that was the cop. Like, the, the head cop. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. At least at least you know who it was. That's yeah. more than I knew. I just saw this random guy, and I'm like, why Why does this guy have gasoline in the back of his car or whatever? And all of a sudden, he's pulling out fucking gas tanks and starting fires and worshiping Rex. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I watching? Yeah, I, no, it was the cop. Okay. Well, uh, thank you. See? It, thanks a lot. You've answered more than... More than one important question here, Brandon. So I just have one comment to make, and that's the one character that deserved to die on in this film didn't get nothing bad happened to him, and that was the kid Neil, who was the biggest cock block ever. His brother's about to get laid. I don't know why his brother's gonna have sex with this girl in front of his little brother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, while he's playing with his toy soldiers, but he just decides I'm gonna start playing with my really loud robots. <laughs> Yeah, what a dick. You're yeah, right? right? Oh, man. He was a cock block. Well, that, it, yeah. Well, he got his toy smashed as a result. Even, even Rex got pissed at him for that and smashed yeah, his Re- toy. Yeah, Rex smashed his toy. <laughs> right on. Yeah, this sums it up, guys. Go to hell. He go right to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so in lieu of the clip, you're just going to say it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Go right to hell. That's what a- in doubt. Yeah. That's Christian's take on this. Go right to hell. All right. Well, or we could just say, Rex, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that sums it up even more so, I think. All right. Grades. Grades. Numbers. Whatever the fuck. What? Can I even talk anymore? Ratings. That's the word I'm looking for. Well, grades works. Yeah, grades sounds like A, B, C, D, F. <laughs> if we did that on the show, that would be perfect. That we say grades, but ratings. D plus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to change the format. We're changing everything else. Why the fuck? The, instead of going one to ten, we're just going to start going letter grades now. One to three with every decimal point. I give, <laughs> I give this a 1.42. Yeah. <laughs> the movie's obviously a mess. This was the first time watch for me. This is a movie that's obviously highly sought after because it's just so hard to come by. In fact, does it even have a DVD release? I believe it does. But I don't don't quote me on that. I, I, for some reason... I recall seeing it. It's an MGM Grand box with the the wing thing on the. I don't know. I just I it's recall probably, seeing it. It's probably really expensive and out of print. So you know, but this is one of those movies that people talk about. Oh, this needs a release. And let me just say, I'm here to I'm here to say, 
it doesn't need a release. <laughs> it needs a, it need, and YouTube is good. It needs a reimagining and maybe somebody sane on YouTube to maybe do the captionings because I have problems making out what people are saying half the time. But overall, you know, it was okay. It wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. It's, it's just it's just average. I give it a 5 out of 10. I oh. agree. I think that's exactly where I said five out of ten. <laughs> I said the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's, it's thought... so middling. It's like yeah. If, if from memory, I was so sure I was going to give it a two or a three just by memory, and then I was watching it. I'm like, actually, it's so ridiculous, and it, that you you you're kind of watching, and you just sort of like I never wanted to turn it off. Oh, maybe I, let me rephrase that. <laughs> There are certain points that you just you want to turn it off, but it's goofy enough to keep you watching. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's something about it that keeps you in. Right. It's, I think that's the first time we've all had the same grade. Wow, interesting. Oh, and by the way, I just looked it up. Amazon, this movie can be yours. You can get a used copy for $189. <laughs> Holy fucker. You can buy it new for $246. If you're going to do that, I suggest you just buy 25 copies of Death Squirt Service instead. <laughs> or just donate that to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, we'll take that. Instead. And watch it on YouTube for free. Yes. Or buy 246 movies that cost a dollar each. Yes. I guarantee you have more fun with 246 movies over this one. <laughs> but not horrible. Like we said, we're, it's all middle of the pack. We all said five, so... Although we just made it sound like it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, but it was still wasn't. hoping for a remake or a reimagining. Yeah, that, I am that would be nice if Barker himself got involved and said, I'm going to write this wrong. Yeah. I do yeah. want to read the story, though, to see if there's, well, there's got to be more detail in there, but to see what the backstory is. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I'm going to read it for sure. I'm going to dig it yeah. up in Books of Blood. It's probably yeah, volume three, I believe. Is it? I'm, I'm getting on it. I really do want to know the yeah. story. Cause... Let me just confirm it. I'm pretty sure it's volume three, though. It is. What a show we have here. We're giving you prices. Volume for... three of his Book of Blood series. Yep. There you go. Exploding heads deliver once again. Five, <laughs> five, five. All right. And well, there's Mark of the Beast. You. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have seen that slasher movie, right? Five fifty-five. That's right. I remember that. That VHS clearly, there's a, it's a pink VHS box. Yeah, that's and the shot on video one. A severed head on the fucking on the yeah. cover. I, I I rented it when I was a kid. Also, I've actually never seen also it. Also, totally viewable on YouTube, from my recollection. Wow. Well, when we that's do that numbers show, we can do it. <laughs> we'll do a show just yeah. about numbers, movies that are named numbers, just numbers, not even like twenty eight days later because days later is in the title. I want to do three movies that are just numbers if we can find them. I think there's what there's like an eleven eleven. <laughs> That'd be cool. They might they'll probably all be awful movies, but we'll make the most of it. That's what we five 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 and six six six. Yeah, there you sure go. Sure, there's a six six six. There's gotta be, please. Yes. So yeah, uh, that that that'll be a future show. We got lots of things planned. We just don't know when, but that'll be fun. Five fifty five. That's a song, by the way, by Fish. I was wondering. It's the first time I've mentioned fish on this show, which isn't bad. After it's only been five shows, so yeah, anyone who listens to Banana Laser knows that it, it comes up, comes out of my mouth quite often. So, but hell of a band, hell of a band. But yeah, I'll keep it in check. So yeah, that's where I had Rex. Next, we're going into Lord of Illusions, Ooh. and we are uh, in the middle of the '90s, I think. Clive Barker, he came out. He did Hellraiser. 
and then he did Nightbreed, and then he directed his third and final movie, Lord of Illusions. And am I correct? Okay. Uh, unfortunately, did. unfortunately, I don't know why he stopped there. Right. He, he did Hellraiser. That's eighty-eight, right? Yeah. Uh, Candyman in ninety-two. Well, he didn't direct it, but yeah, yeah. No, no, he didn't direct it. Oh, you're talking about his directing? Yeah, this was his uh, last directing. Yeah, he did Although Hellraiser. He a, yeah. Nightbreed. I think Nightbreed, and then as far as release, I think it went Nightbreed, and then it went Candyman, and then it went Lord of Illusions, I believe. Yeah, but he didn't direct Candyman. So. Right. Yeah. And this is what, 96, is it? Five. 95, okay. So now we're in 95, Lord of Illusions. And like I said earlier, this movie does feel, it's kind of reminiscent, more more of Nightbreed than Hellraiser, because Hellraiser is kind of its own thing. It's I don't know if any other movies really resemble Hellraiser, except maybe the first sequel. But it's it's just kind of a, it's just one of those kind of movies. But Lord of Illusions... I was a huge fan of Hellraiser, I'm, I, I, Nightbreed as well. Lord of Illusions, I remember when it came out, I remember seeing it when it first came out, and not not loving it, but not you know not hating either. It was just, just a decent movie. It just To me, it wasn't on the par of those two, so it ended really? up kind of being, at the time now, this is mid-90s, it just, it just kind of ended up, I don't want to say it, it be, became forgotten. I just never... Look back on it as fondly as I did a Hellraiser or a Nightbreed. That's all. So, I, I, I own the movie. I, I've watched it maybe once every five or six years. I've watched it. And, of course, I watch it for the show. Yeah, I will say, it, 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 the beginning does remind me of Nightbreed. Especially because they're in below there. And you see the writing on the wall. Doesn't that mm-hmm. look like the stuff that would be written down? You know, uh, the artwork that we saw in Nightbreed. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I just want to preface this whole thing by saying this is one of my favorite horror movies from the 90s. One of them. I quite like, well, I quite like, I love this movie. Uh, I love, I, you know what? I loved Hellraiser. I loved Nightbreed when I first saw it. Nightbreed hasn't aged well. And I'm not as fond as Nightbreed as I was when I was younger, but I loved it when I was younger. Hellraiser, again, you can be scratching your head on that one quite a bit, too, but at least it feels more complete by far than, like, Rawhead Rex. But Lord of the Lord of Illusions was, like, my, possibly my favorite Clive Barker film that he directed. Wow, really? Yeah, interesting. That's a statement. Holy shit. This was a first-time watch for me. I don't know how, but it escaped me all these years, and I just had never seen this film. And I'll be honest, and I was going to, say this at the top before we even got into the reviews because I didn't want to kind of persuade you guys to talk differently about the film but I will say this is the one film that we're covering tonight where I do have a grade written down but it's very tentative it could change either way and could change drastically based on the conversation we have over the next half hour wow interesting only because, again, I feel like there were some things that I'm like, well, you know, is there an explanation for this? Do we need an explanation for this? Let me preface, uh, well, I keep saying preface. Let me ask you this. What version did you guys watch? Director's cut or theatrical cut? Do you know? Uh, because I I own the DVD, or sorry, I own the Laserdisc back in the day, and it, wow. was, oh, it was the director's cut. And I, lo- I watched that one so many times. So I saw it in the theater twice, I think. 
and then I got the laser disc, and I remember just thinking, oh, this is awesome, this is awesome, and that's the only version I remember. And so then when I watched it for the show, I put on and I found out I was watching the theatrical version again. So Let me ask you something. Yeah, sorry. Is Scott Bakula in both versions? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, he is. Because I was going to say, I saw the one with Scott Bakula in it. (laughs) How did I know that was going to be your question? I don't know. I'm cute and nasally. (laughs) What do you want from me? (laughs) Like a little Pillsbury Doughboy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Uh, In all seriousness. And I want to know what I watched. Do you, can you say offhand what the differences between the director's cut and the theatrical. Yeah, there's actually quite a few differences, the most glaringly, and it actually makes, because I was like, what the fuck, did I miss something? The, the, the biggest thing, in my opinion, I mean, there's more gore and all that, of course, but the biggest thing is there's a great, an absolutely killer sequence that is not in the theatrical th- version, and it's a, and, and so this will tell you which one you saw. Did you see, in present day, you know, about three quarters of the way in the movie, maybe two thirds, whatever, in the movie, all the cult people leaving their houses because they had the invi- uh, thing saying homecoming and they've killed their families and they've left to go back to Nick's and the tenement where he will be resurrected. Did you see no. that? No. That makes a huge difference because otherwise, you just think that they've hung out there for 13 I years. Did. That's what I thought. Nice. Like, guys never went home? You've got to see think. the director's cut. It makes, like, you watch the director's cut now, you're like, what the, f- why would they cut it? Did they show, uh, like, four or five of the, of the, the cult members kill their family. Typically, it's aftermath. So you, you see the, um, the guy that looks like, uh, uh, Carradine from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> That guy, that's all yeah. I can describe him as. He's like a postal worker. He's like doing up his uh, his little suit. He opens up his closet door. His wife's strangled dead in the closet. Uh, he's out. Uh, you see the mother that I think is the wife from uh, Private Parts, Howard Stern's Private Parts. That's what she looks like anyway. I didn't look it up in time, though, for the show. She is drops a bloody knife into the sink. It cuts back to her dead husband, bloodied face bowl and a uh, thing of cereal. Her two kids dead. One at the table, she walks over the other one and leaves. Um, it cuts back to another guy with a snake in the back of his car. There's, so there's some really... It's an important sequence. It's a montage sequence of them all killing, have, having killed their families, uh, leaving their regular lives, which makes it even creepier to go back for the resurrection of Nick's. Oh, man, I'm so pissed off because I had the DVD for years. Years. And it was the underrated director's cut, and I hadn't watched it in a while, and I forgot all about it. And when I went to look for the DVD, I couldn't fucking find it the other day because uh, either I sold it not knowing about it or I misplaced it. I've gotten lazy with my DVD since I've upgraded to blue, and I, I don't care for them the way I used to because I don't have the room in, in my, my little media room right now. Yeah. Long story short, I, I didn't end up watching my DVD because I couldn't find it, so I had to get it by another means, and... I did not watch. Son of a bitch. It, wasn't there a scene with, like, he was dreaming and, like, a fucking white angel or a demon uh, uh, appeared to him? Yeah, I mean, uh, that, I, there is uh, there is some of that. Very, very little of I that, remember that in the theatrical version. It's, there's a, a couple of extended ones there. And the, there's the whole scene, like, whether kind of ill-timed, but, I, again, it still works in the, in the world. I find Clive Barker kind of like... Um, 
Tim Burton, kind of like a Tim Burton, like where you just buy it. You're in, you're in the film, you're in his, in his world, and you, you go along with the ride. Like, don't get me wrong. When I say, like, I love Hellraiser. I don't want you to think, like, well, what the hell? I love Hellraiser. I love Nightbreed. But this still, to me, is his most accomplished film. Because I actually think Hellraiser is a great movie when you think of it as a whole. But I actually think, you know, when I actually break it down technically and whatever, it, it, you know, there's some, it's rather wooden. Some of the acting is questionable. Some some effects are absolutely fantastic. Some are really bad, and then the mm-hmm. special effects at the end are br- brutal. Whereas this one, there are still some questionable things that I'm, I think maybe Brandon, that's what you might be lo- alluding to, and we'll get into it. But first and foremost, that whole sequence would probably have, uh, like I said, raised your enjoyment level, especially as a first watch, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, listen, I just found it online. I, I just googled the fucking the difference between them. And, uh, wow. Yeah, it says at the 55-minute mark, it says, After Jennifer Desiderio's fatal accident, the DC provides a couple of scenes, director's cut, playing at different places. Apparently, normal people have killed their families or co-workers and are packing their belongings after having received a written invitation. We discover that they are the disciples of Nyx. Then we see someone driving through the desert with a whole lot of snakes in his back seat. And it's like a minute-and-a-half long sequence. Yeah. Wow. That's fucking cool, man! How do you leave that out? Some how does that hurt anything? I know, and it was well. I guess because the, there's dead kids in the family, and it was just too creepy. I don't know, um, but because it doesn't, it doesn't hurt the pace of the movie. That's for sure, and it, it's a great scene. And, and like, some people have said it's like a completely different movie. I wouldn't go that far, but when you when you leave that out, and then when you see it, you have to make that own, your own call. Like, I mean, I, it does definitely change your thought process for sure. Yeah. I'm bummed out now. I gotta fucking find my DVD or or buy it, buy it again. Get the unrated because that that's really cool stuff. Wow, damn. See that makes sense because at the end when you see those people, they're bloody and shit, and you're not really quite sure why. Well, right? That, that's explained. It, it just jumps it, you into that. I think there's even another scene of them there preparing um, beforehand. But again, I, I, I didn't do a comparison. It just, I just realized, cause I've been so used to seeing the, the director's cut for so long. It's funny. It's the opposite of what happened with you. I was so used to seeing the director's cut that when I was watching it for the show, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Where... yeah, they, they're yeah, just sorry. there cutting their hair and they've got blood all over them. And I'm like, what's going on? Right. It didn't. Yeah. I never thought for a second, though, that they've been waiting there for 13 years. I no. just thought that, like anybody else, because I'll have a question about the movie, all of a sudden, everyone just kind of, that's in the know, they just kind of are aware that Nix is coming back. It's never, to my knowledge now, maybe Christian can shed light, to my knowledge, it's not really explained why they know. I just figured that they all got this vibe that the time, the time is nigh. Here it comes, the resurrection, fucking, this Knicks guy is going to come back. Let's all go back to the place where it began. So I didn't think they were waiting there. I just figured they all got together. and they were. Well, I, I had a rational explanation as to why they were back. That didn't bother me. Even without that scene, I would have liked to have seen that scene, and I will. Oh, yeah. The first thing that right off the bat bothered me was, why was Knicks, like, the chosen one? Why is he the Puritan? Why is he bestowed with the magic? Like, I love the idea that there's two worlds of magic. I love that setup. It's cool. Like, I buy into it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. There's illusionist versus real magic where death is the only escape or whatever they say. But why is is Nyx, like, this great sorcerer? 
Yes, and why not do anything with it except fucking why, why be in this place like Manson just hanging out with these fucking well, they made reference. They made reference, you know, at one point that he was supposed to use it to, to like, cleanse the world in, in a good way, but then all he wanted to do was kill people. Like, he wanted to use it for evil, but, like, he, he why did to he... murder the world. Murder the world, yeah, that's what he used at the end. Murder the world. So yeah. he was just straight up evil. He just happened to have power. He studied dark arts or whatever and had power. Yeah, he originally wanted to show people the errors of their ways, and then he decided, no, I just want to murder the world. But why did he get the power at first? And did Swan have the power, or was Swan one of his like disciples who was just strong enough to develop his powers? That's what I think. My theory is that Swan was, he was born with ability, and he was like his best student. And then he, it got to the point that he said, he, I got to fucking bail. I thought this guy was something that he's not. He's actually evil, so he yeah. bailed. And then once he, once he kidnaps the girl, he's like, you know, he no, he realizes that Nix is not really using his powers for good, and he's losing it. And why was the girl kidnapped? Well, they, it, it, again, the things, I don't know. Well, the, again, you you you're going into insane like that. That's a Clive Barker thing. If anything, he throws you into the movie, and maybe you're right. Maybe he doesn't he doesn't feel, connect all the dots. But this is it. He's evil. It's like an Anakin Skywalker moment. He's he's joined the dark side. Uh, Swans realize that this guy's got to be stopped. They were fake. They're head faked. He's he's crazy. It's a Waco Texas type of thing, and mm-hmm. and he's going back with. His guys that he's managed to convince to kill them, to kill him once and for all, because he's kidnapped this girl. The girl is going to be a sacrifice. I don't know because he has a pet baboon that he wants to have attack her. There, there is some head, like again, head scratching moments. But that's a Clive Barker movie, like that. That, that to me, is yeah, like, it I, really is. It I really actually is. don't. I just took it as he's evil. He, he's lost it. The power has gotten to him, and I left it at that. I was very okay with it, but it just that just goes to show how you know. You know, different plot devices and story techniques will affect people differently. Like, I, yeah, there is a lot of like, what, what? But in this case, it didn't bother me. No, you know what? And I'm not bothered by it when I watched the movie, didn't take away anything for me. I just thought I might ask you because you've seen the movie so many times and you're so into it that you might be able to shed light on it. But if not, that's okay. I can accept the fact that it's a cult and they may do things. They may kidnap somebody and use them for a sacrifice or to do shit. I'm okay. I don't have to have everything spelled out for me. I just asked because it's the podcast and maybe you could shed light. Ordinarily, no, that didn't bother me. As a viewer of the film, that didn't bother me at all. I just, you know. Yeah, it doesn't I, I just bother me. I just, I just wonder if the story... Now, again, I haven't read the stories. I just wonder if the story has more background and Clive Barker is making these films thinking that, that the, uh, the audience have read the stories so you can jump right into the film at this point and be like, oh, okay, you know, here's the character. You know, maybe it's not a total verbatim, you know, exactly what happens in the novel, but you already have the background from reading it and you could just jump into the movie and accept certain things and not question, oh, well, why does he have this power and and that. And I, I'm okay with that if, if that's the case. I was just a little confused, again, being another first-time watch and not having read the story. But this one definitely, I mean, even Rawhead Rex, which I didn't obviously didn't love, I'm still intrigued to go back now and read the stories. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, and, and, and no, I know what you're saying, Dave. And, and like, I guess the, the one thing the director's cut does kind of like it shows that they all got an invitation, so to speak, to come back. That's that, cool. That's what the director's cut shows. Otherwise, yeah, the theatrical, I made the joke. Like, obviously, they weren't just hanging around for 13, but that's how it plays right. out because they're just, 
back there, blood covered, cutting the heads of the hair and whatever like that. <laughs> but ultimately, yeah, you, you kind of just have to draw your own conclusions there. And that's the magic of probably the movie studio uh, getting involved and saying, no, we need to trim it down and, and we figure we can lose this and the audience will still be able to follow it, uh, so to speak. But um, as for why Nix has the evil, I don't have that answer. Uh, and I, you know what, truth be told, I haven't read, if I did read the books of blood, it was a long time ago because I, I think I only had volumes four, five, and six. So I don't even remember now if, uh, if Lord of Illusions was part of that. I don't remember either. Lord that, of Illusions was. It was called something else too. It wasn't called Lord of it Illusions. It was called, called The Last Illusion and okay. it's from Book of Bloods volume six. Okay. I had them when I was a child. I had all of the books of blood. I just don't know where the books are now, unfortunately. They're at my mother's house or. Maybe they were sold at a garage sale for all I know, unfortunately. But I had them all when I was a kid. I was I was an avid reader of Barker. All I ever read when I was a kid was Barker and King. That's it. That, that, that's what I read. I wanted to read every book that they put out. Yeah, and I don't want to sound like I need everything spoon-fed to me. It's just that he mm. creates these these imaginary worlds so beautifully, and I just just want to know more. You know, yeah. Just, yeah. You, just want, you just want as much information as possible just because you just want to know, like, what's this guy thinking? He's such a... Such a creative genius. Yeah, I agree. It all makes sense. I'm okay with Swan having the power and him having the power. And yeah, it is what it is. That that that's not what bothers. It doesn't. None of it bothers me. Honestly, there's nothing no. about about this story here that I can complain. I'll about. tell you one thing that bothers me in this movie, to be honest, because uh, I like it. I, I I I'm all there. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then this scene comes along. I'm just like, well, I could have done without it. And it's. I think it's when I, I'm assuming, and you you guys tell me because this is how I always viewed this scene. It's Swan spying on him, right? With the, the little puzzly, foldy guy that all oh, of a yeah. sudden interrupts the after they had sex, and uh, him and uh, the girlfriend, uh, the girl obviously older now, have sex, and Swan has faked his death. So, yeah, spoiler, sorry guys, but the reality is that uh, then that little puzzly guy, that's just him spying on him. But I hate that. That's the one thing I do hate in this movie. It does seem out of place. Yeah. <laughs> It, you yeah. take that out, or they could have done something totally different, or he could have just had a conversation with Valentine or whatever, because obviously Valentine was in the know. <laughs> right, yeah. So it, it was unnecessary, and I think Clive Barker just wanted one last little, like, he loves his, like, it really, it was like a human puzzle box or something like that, but it was not necessary. It added nothing to the movie. You could take that out, and you're not missing a thing. You're right. It was an effects thing. I think he just liked the effect of the way they looked in 96. That's my guess. He just said, oh, that, that's a cool effect. Let's throw it in there. I don't know. That's the best I got. I don't know if it appeared in the book. Again, back to the books. I, I don't know. It just, it, yeah, it was I'm interesting. Little, I'm a little confused. Which, which scene is this? I'm, I'm kind of lost. Remember that red thing that appeared after they got together? After, um, after Harry got, got it on with uh, Dorothea? Dorothea, yeah. Okay. Remember they're, okay. In the, they're in the place together and they come on and they start, that thing starts coming at them? And it's yes. like a red thing puzzle, yes. and it yes. unfolds right. and folds, okay. and it's yeah that thing that was oh yeah yeah that seemed yeah uh, you're right yeah it yeah. is it is unnecessary it's like what and it kept folding up yeah yes and I'm like, yeah. yeah and I'm th- like I thoroughly enjoy the movie and then I'm like why did they go like that it, there's a couple of misfires but like I mean they're not huge but that that's my biggest peeve with the movie really. Okay. 
I, I mean, yeah. it's a small. It might be a small one, but it just yeah. the, the scene plays out a lot longer than it even needs to, and it it, it keeps it. A, uh, it's that folding guy, and then it fl- it flies by her head, and she's looking at it. And I can date. I can take the dated effects. That's not what's bothering me. It's just the whole idea behind it. It was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. It is. It is unnecessary. I thought maybe it was even Nick's. I wasn't even sure that it was Swan. Well, did they establish that it was Swan afterwards, or am I forgetting? That's how he feels like he's been spying. I think that's how he pieces it together that he's been he's he's spying on him and because he, he looks at it kind of inquisitively and then then he goes and attacks the corpse right after or the yeah the the, <gasps> the thing right after yeah what the proof the f- that it's dead or why the f- fake <laughs> you're fake. right that's true my bad that that's how they figure it out but my question why the fuck would his corpse be in the house <laughs> what know. is that is that a religion I'm unaware of who. Who keeps somebody passes away? They already have the coffin. They have the corpse in the coffin in the house before the funeral. So sometime in between the wake and the funeral, they decide to store <laughs> this fucking body in their house. I'm like, what the, the convenience fuck? for the scene flow. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know me. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna question. That's what oh, I do. You have I'm, to. No, no, no. But again, you're right. And um, just for that setup, but. But I mean, we've we've jumped, and this is what's great about the show because we'll jump all over into different parts of the movie and whatnot. And I'm I don't want to hog this, but I I just nah, I do have a, I do it. have a passion for this movie. Take but it, buddy. The music in this movie again, love it. That opening credit sequence through the uh, some great establishing shots there. Uh, daytime in the four in the in the forest, sorry, in the uh, desert, and the music is just so great. And Again, like the music's great throughout, but then the next, the other scene that just really stands out is the whole magic, uh, when he's doing his magic show, putting in the new illusion with the swords. That's cool. Great. Yeah. Clive Barker, the editor, everybody was on their A game there. It was well executed, no pun intended, and the music just capped it off beautifully. A perfect scene, in my opinion. What a great scene. You're right. And the music... Very Nightbreedish to me in the beginning when things are going on. Not not so much the scene you're talking about with the performance, but I, real, I realized that Danny Elfman did Nightbreed, and it, Danny Elfman has his own style, but it definitely was more reminiscent of like a Nightbreed than a, than a Hellraiser. But all three of those movies, truth be told, I, I think have fucking fantastic scores. So yeah. that's something else that Barker did as a director. Three movies and all had great scores. Yeah, yeah but, absolutely. you're correct. Absolutely correct. Like they... He he knew what he wanted, or or was able to uh, to explain to the uh, the musicians how, how what he what he wanted to uh, accomplish with it because they complement the movies beautifully. It's it's a shame he stopped. Something happened, and I forgot. And if this was ten years ago, I would have known the story because it was still it was more fresh at the time. But I don't remember. Somebody fucked with him. Something happened, and he he got pissed off and said, "Fuck it, I'm not directing anymore." I don't know if it was a problem with the studio or what it was, but something happened. Where he got pissed off and threw his hand up and said, fuck it, I'm done. Well, yeah, obviously there's studio meddling here, and I don't think this movie right. did that well as w- at the same time. But it's a shame, because in my opinion, he, he was just getting his stride. Like, I mean, you had Stephen King who did uh, Maximum Overdrive. Oh, and, hey, no, I don't care, man. It has ACDC soundtrack, and I, again, 15 <laughs> years old. Who? 15 years old. <laughs> stupid as shit. Loved it. Uh, but right, but as but a director, as a dumb, as a, it's a dumb movie, and no one, no one can say, "Oh no, it's not a dumb movie." No, even Stephen King says it's a dumb movie. Uh, yeah. But he Clive remade Barker, it, <laughs> right? I, he I he remade trucks. trucks. Yeah, <laughs> I heard. I haven't seen it. I never saw it. But 
this, he just was getting, I thought he was just getting sort of better and better. And again, arguably because Nightbreed, um, some people consider misfire. I don't by any means. And I thought he was just getting like his next film. I thought could have been like something even bigger and grander. Maybe he'll still do it. Maybe he'll get back into it because maybe just needs like a fan base. Like, I guess he's back to writing. He's doing the comic, the, the, um, graphic novels now, but, Oh God, would I love him to direct another movie. Yeah. I have a question about, um, Swan's jealousy of Harry and Dorothea. Now, She's always saying how she didn't marry him for love. Now, am, am I wrong in assuming that his jealousy is more because he just wants to protect her because of who she is rather than this guy, rather than I want to be the one sleeping with her? Because I didn't get the impression that they had a sexual relationship. That's I what I would have thought too, but he does say that one line that he's like, are you just going to keep fucking my wife or something like that? Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which did seem kind of out of, like, I think he wanted to, but he realizes that they don't have that relationship and that's been part of his torture at, or yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess you're right. He wants to protect her, but he's also jealous because it, he could never have her the way that yeah. he wanted. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think she married him because she wants to protect him is what it is because she knows what his capabilities are. He needs to be held in check because they've been through a lot and he's, you know, he's conflicted. He has his own issues because he has these powers and the things that, they've been through i think you know of course he saved her so yeah, i think he felt she felt like he he she owed him yeah it was i don't want to say pity i, I don't want to say reward i just i think she was attracted to him for that reason that she felt it was the thing to do but maybe they just didn't click and that's yeah. weird you usually don't see that in a movie you know it's yeah never fully fleshed out exactly what the nature of it is we just we fill in the blanks and, and that's okay that, that that doesn't bother me it just it's interesting. I have a question about those letters. Even though it was the director's version, the director's cut. Yeah. Who do you think sent those letters to those people? Do you think it was that guy, the only guy in the character, the only character whose name I don't remember, the guy with the real short dark hair? Butterfield, yeah, guy, who had the long hair at the beginning, right? And then, uh, yeah, and then the yeah. two different color eyes, the different color eyes. Yeah, I, I think, and, and I think with they, the tight pants, him. Well, I yeah. think they 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 subtly play him as gay i'm pretty sure that that they were trying to allude to that maybe it's not so subtle maybe it's fairly overt but they don't they never really like you know they don't spell it out like if it was like certain directors probably directing it but i think you're supposed to get the impression that uh he's uh he's gay and yes i that's who i thought sent the letters out yeah that's what i was thinking yeah i would buy that too and i guess that guy could be alluded to as gay and that's another barker thing so that's not surprising. And he had a Nazi slave boy. Oh, the way that feet. guy dies too is just fantastic. Yeah, that guy was nuts. <laughs> he was crazy. Yeah. And uh, now I remember again, first time I saw it, and this is—I know a lot. Of, I think a lot of people have complained about this, but again, I thought it was just super cool. When I love how the story progresses. So you get that opening scene. And all of a sudden, we, we meet this sort of, it's like a film noir, almost like we meet this detective. He's <laughs> kind of taking a job, and he's looking after the sleaze, or checking out the sleazy guy in L.A., and he just happens to follow this guy to a fortune teller, and then the story changes, and I love that about the yeah. script. The script. Um, how, now, why the guy left, because that, that, that's the only part that's going to, so he's having sex with two women and having fun, and and they're pouring booze all over him, and he takes off to go get his fortune read? There must have been something that we were missing there that he was trying to get other than his fortune read. 
but yeah, boom, yeah, he just rushing away I, just to get his fortune right. <laughs> maybe he was bugging out. He was getting the vibes about Knicks. He was getting those vibes. So he went to a fortune teller, not knowing that the fortune teller was one of the cult members. Then he saw who it was and said, "Oh fuck." And then took off. That's what but, I get. That he recognized this, the this guy. guy had nothing to do with no, them. No, he had right? nothing to do with it. He he ran off because the guy had fucking a billion things stuck in him, Dave. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, but he was he, from every he was running because he what he like stole money or something. That's right. All right. He I don't know. Money. He laundered money. That's why this guy was hiding out. This guy had no connection with Nicks and and that whole cult. Oh, I thought there was Swan that he followed. I'm fucked up. I gotta. Re- okay, my bad. No, he followed. He followed Tapper. Tapper, not Swan. What the fuck yeah. am I thinking? Tapper. Okay, my mistake. Now, was the guy that was being tortured with the with the with all, all, all the swords in him and shit? Was that the same guy from the beginning that was on the side with Swan? Yeah, that's the Afro guy. That's, that, that he's, so he's come back. Okay, uh, he that, grew up. The, the, the guy with the two eyes is going and killing all the people that helped. Yeah. Swan. That's what. That's where the girl runs in and gets hit by the car. Which I immediately I felt a little cheated cheated there. I thought that was too convenient, but I'll accept it. They just they needed to do it. Um, yeah. But that fortune teller scene was great. Again, the, where I was going with it though is like he's like, wait, you came to get your fortune read, right? I'm like, I don't think <laughs> at the, that moment in time he's going to be too concerned about reading someone's palm or something like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but again, the movie had to play out, and it was just super cool seeing him with all these things stuck in him. <laughs> that was cool. Yes, that was. I would fun. have liked to have seen a flash of scene over thirteen years of Butterfield studying to become better at magic, because it said it took him that long to be able to resurrect Nix, and it didn't really seem that hard once he did it. <laughs> like it took you thirteen years to learn all this. Like what? Yeah. What are you doing? And he wasn't really doing any other magic whatsoever throughout the film. Nothing. What was he, he doing? Was just, nothing. He was just killing people. Yeah, there's nothing magical about that at all. Yeah, it took him a while to get those letters out. He's a real procrastinator. <laughs> 13 years? Get the letters out, man. <laughs> what the fuck? How come... Okay, when he's putting on that show, when Swan's putting on that show in the beginning, do you guys notice that why wouldn't – oh, forget it. I answered my own question. Uh, my bad because he faked it. That's why. Forget it. I answered <laughs> I was uh, – see, I'm looking at my notes, and I'm looking at my notes chronologically. And at the time I took the note, I'm thinking to myself, how come a swan is getting a fucking sword? He, gets a, he escapes the first two, and then he, one lands in his arm, and he just sits there. Doesn't ask for help. Another one lands in the leg. He just sits there, and I'm thinking to myself, why not scream out, help, I'm fucking getting murdered here. (laughs) But I answered my own question because he faked his death. What was the reason he faked his death? That's the question. How's that? Because is he hiding from Nix? Because he knows he's coming back? It it wasn't to hide from Nix. It was to set Dorothea free from Nix. Like, if, oh. if he was dead, Nyx wouldn't come looking for him, and she could go on and have a normal life. But then, of course, he has to show up at the funeral. <laughs> Asshole, right? Yeah. Fuck? Like, you, like, you just had to be there at your own funeral. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Everybody wants to see their own fucking funeral, right? <laughs> see who showed up. Yes. Yeah, that's true, though. Yeah, Again, you answered the question that... that it all it all does make sense. Just as you're watching it unfold, you're trying to figure it out. And uh, 
like I said, I look at my notes and I'm like, wait a second. Oh, okay. Yep, that makes sense. He's not hiding. He's doing that for Dorothea. So, yes, that all makes sense. That's good. I mean, that makes the movie better when yeah. the questions well, are answered. And that's why I questioned their whole relationship because I totally forgot about that line where are you going to stop fucking my wife? But, you know, yeah. it just seemed like, like their relationship was more like, uh... Hey. Yes. He, it doesn't um, matter. He doesn't want someone else to fuck her. That's the Yeah, that's point. true. Yeah. Can't blame him for that. You know, because then she might leave him. Who knows? You know how it is. So that's just the man being a man, I think. Whether or not he he gets in her pants or not, that's still his girl. I mean, nobody wants, especially now, all of a sudden he's out of the picture. He faces death and how long and she's fucking hopped in the sack with this guy, you know? Yeah. I don't know. There is something I like to point out, and I'm so happy they do this because you don't usually see this. This guy really is a private detective. He really is one. It makes sense that he would something would happen and he would immediately immerse himself into the case. Where how many times do you watch a horror movie and a guy's nothing and he fucking gets balls deep into a case that <laughs> he doesn't I mean he has a reason to, but you know what I mean? This guy's a private detective. Could it's it be in his our next nature. movie? <laughs> right. Well and our last movie. Look at Rawhead Rock. That's what I'm talking about. Right. He's a photographer. Yeah. Same thing. I mean look at fucking it happens all the time. Look at Halloween three. You know, a fucking, as great as it is, it, you know, fucking Dan Chalice is a fucking drunk doctor, you know? <laughs> he, he goes fucking in, in, in this, into this big fucking mystery and wants to figure everything out. It's just, we see this over and over again in horror, and it's nice to see an actual private detective fucking, you know, trying to uncover clues and get to the bottom of shit. Yeah. So, I yeah. thought I'd point that out. I thought it, it was it was cool, you know? What about that meeting with the magicians? That, at, the, at the Magic Castle? Or is that what it's called? The Magic Mansion? Yes, the yeah, Magic Castle. Whatever became of that. I thought something was going to happen with that character because he got bent out of shape. He's like, he's evil. Remember, he didn't want to talk about fucking Swan and this and that. Yeah. They had that altercation. And then it was great. He's like, what kind of accent is that? Brooklyn? Because he's put on that fake accent. Yeah. <laughs> and then he totally lets it out. Yeah. Hey, fuck you. He does. Well, that actually ends up leading up to the other scene that I always hate and it was unnecessary is that fake hologram brain monster that oh. is the alarm. I'm like, why? You didn't why? need that. It could have been anything. It could have been a cloaked figure. That would seem that would have been just as scary if you happened to have that projected in front of you and think that it was someone right there, real, a brain monster that didn't seem to fit any of what any of those magicians would have set up. <laughs> yeah, that looked like something out of Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Ghostbusters 2 when that thing popped up, but it did scare me. I was like, what the fuck? I, I, why go through the detail of having the back of it be all bloody when it's just a hologram? <laughs> right? By that time, you would have known it was fake. You could fucking see right through it. Because it was uh, so fucking hokey. <laughs> so so hokey, hokey is right. <laughs> well, that was that was their line. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's got to be something yeah. hokey. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was good. But didn't you think something more was going to come of that? Like how upset that one magician got at the mention of Swan and he was talking shit about him and something did come of it. He be, he, he befriended that one guy, that one yeah. magician that, that helped him out. And, you know, ultimately he played a part in the movie. But didn't you guys think, well, I mean, well, you didn't because this, you've seen it many times, Christian. But, Brandon, didn't you think that something was going to come of that? Like there was going to be like a feud and maybe this guy was, was aligned with Nick's or something or other? Because I sure Yeah, no, I definitely thought there was going to be more to it rather than, you know, them just finding some documents that that reveal stuff that we already knew. It's just that character seems so bent out of shape talking about Swan 
you would have thought that he had something to hide. You know, you've seen it in a movie so many times. Yeah, yeah. Know? That's all. It's just, I was expecting something to come out of that, and no, that was the end of it. I'm not complaining. It just, it just kind of threw me for a loop. Like, later on in the movie, I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? I was like, nothing, nothing came of that. That was weird. I, it was just a way for him to be introduced to that one guy. So, Well, I think, you know, at that, that was the point where she wanted him to leave, and he just... He knew something was up. He didn't want to. He didn't want to leave. He just wanted to get to the bottom of this because she invites him out to help, and then all of a sudden she wants no part of him. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it would have been nice if there was maybe a little bit more to that. But ultimately, it didn't matter. It just, it just seemed. No, like... it. Yeah, it, it, it was necessary. Oh yeah, yeah, it was definitely necessary. It just seemed like it was going to lead to something that ultimately didn't. It didn't matter. It just, I just found it a little bit strange. That's all. Yeah. You know. But I'll tell you, the fucking the climax is is incredible. When they when they get to that when they when they get down to uh, I, I forgot what the name of it is. I don't even know if it has a name. But where, where they hung out with the cult and when, when Nick's come, even even Nick's demise in the beginning when they fucking kill him. We didn't we didn't talk about that at all. That was great with the screws going in his head. Oh and yeah, shit. yeah, that was great. It's longer the the director's cut too. That oh, that part is significantly. Well, that, I wouldn't say significantly, but it just, it just lingers on the screws going in, more more blood trickling out. Uh, again, doesn't necessarily add anything, doesn't take any away, but it's a, just a little bit more brutal. Nice, and I thought it looked good as it was. It was Great bloody. Scene. It looked good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it did look good. Great music there as well. <laughs> Great house. I love that crack house in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what it was. It was a crack house. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. A crack house in the desert. Yeah. But yeah, I, when he came back at the end, I thought that shit was fucking was phenomenal. Everything that happened, like the last, just the climax of this movie, it, it really sold everything for me. It, it was, it was really cool. That that really impressed the hell out of me. It was well, when badass. They take, when they take it off, that's exactly what you think would happen. Like the way they did it, and just how a skin, like I mean, how you would expect. I mean considering it's a guy coming back from the dead, but his blackened skin kind of getting a little bit more uh, color to it or, or whatnot. And then they're, they're pulling off the mask, how it has, it, it just leaves that gross kind of impression look on his face. <laughs> oh. yeah. And then uh, even when he opens his eyes and he just gets blinded for a split second before they're able to adjust, I thought it was a great little touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was fucking sweet. And everything that he said was great. And ultimately what happened with the people that were waiting for him, and that was very – see, that's another thing that was very, like, Clive Barker. That that was a total, like, a Hellraiser thing. I, I have to I have to give back because I escaped, so I'm giving them you. That whole, That's totally like a Cenobite type thing. You know, I escaped, and I have to give somebody back. Yeah, I thought of, like, Hellraiser 3, <laughs> the big scene where he just kills everyone in the bar. Oh, yeah. see, I, I thought of two with Julia, huh? Oh yeah, that too. You know, yeah, I, but it definitely, it definitely had the Hellraiser feel. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, Pinhead walks in and just he's about to sacrifice a whole bunch of motherfuckers. It's cool, and, and they talked about flesh a couple times, which is another big thing with Barker. He's like, she's just flesh. That's totally something that fucking Pinhead would have said. You know? Yeah, he he uh like, what does he do? He like puts a spell on them, so like so like Swan, and then later Harry, they see uh. They see everyone is like flesh being torn apart. Oh, that they did it in the beginning. They did it, it again at the end. Yeah, it head, yeah, it gets in their heads. Yeah, and, and I guess it's supposed to like show you that we're just all like I don't Neat. know, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, meat, and then that these people are special. That fucking Swan and, and and Nick's are special. They're above that. Yeah, that that's what he's saying. That's just flesh. And oh, see, that was cool. See, yeah, all that shit was cool. I I I really dug that. I, I just flesh is a trap, and magic sets us free. He says. He yeah, says, I, lo- oh, I love that line. That's a great line. Man, so cool. Yeah, and again, I don't know, again, maybe, again, I've seen this movie so many times, and one of the other things that sticks out like a sore thumb for me is when he says, see, I came back from the grave, so I have to give back to the grave, or, or whatever the line may be that mm-hmm. you're talking about, Dave. When all the people start getting sucked down, he's like, you're not awesome. worthy. None of you. Then they cut to that one guy that goes, fuck you. Yeah. Because of the finger. <laughs> yep. I laugh every time because it's so, it feels so out of place. Like, yes. I don't think I would be too worried about telling the guy to go fuck himself and giving them the finger while I'm getting sucked down into the ground. So it always sticks out like a sore thunder to me. Like, just these little things that I'm just like, oh, they could have cut that out. Please. Like, I would have enjoyed the movie a little bit more had they just trimmed that out because it just seems so ridiculous. <laughs> Really? See, I think that seems more realistic. That seems like oh, what really? a, a real okay. person would say. Fuck you! You're yeah, gonna I die of, anyway. I kind of like it. It was like the only way he could get back at him. He's like, you know, right. he's dead. well, that's what I'm like, saying. Like, it sticks out. Like, I laugh every time I see it. But I, <laughs> right. I, I, I'm like, oh. But no, when they get pulled in and, and, the, and the sand sort of covers them, they kind of get turned into like. Uh, uh, and then for that scare, when one of them comes back to grab her at the end, <laughs> it's just great. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, that part's great. Yes, yeah. yes. I love the way they look. I really do. When they're fucking like half frozen into the into into sand or statue, whatever you want to call it, they got that look to them. And the one, the hand just sticking out. Yeah. And the arm, so cool. And I like. He's like fucking. What the hell did he say? He's like, you just waited like lambs. Well, I'm not your shepherd. It's fucking and badass. And they're not dead. You could hear them like screaming underneath there. Oh, man, that's fucking. What a thought that is, huh? Yeah. Jeez. Well, they did fun. kill their families, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, what do you have pity for them for? You're right. Fuck them. You're right. Yeah, way to give us a heads up on that one, Christian. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll tell these guys about the really cool director's cut after they've watched this shitty theatrical. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You guys I, I gotta keep going watch on that you have the Blu-rays. I just assumed because when I, when I looked online, I'm like, I got to get, get a new copy of this because um, – I got that signed by Clive Barker. He came for okay. This oh, is how cool. this is how bad it was. This is how bad I was. I, I when I was a kid, I was a little oblivious to things. This guy couldn't have been more of a gentleman. I I, I hats Clive? off to him. He was awesome. a great guy. He was releasing a book, and I went, not even thinking of buying the book, not bringing an old book, but I went with three laser discs just to meet him. <laughs> And to hope that he would sign them. He didn't even bat an eye, this guy. And I wasn't even, I was so, just so not in the, like, not realizing that that was, like, I thought of it late, years later. You know when you have one of those moments where you're just, like, thinking back, like, that was a really asshole move. I, I didn't even mean to be an <laughs> asshole. I didn't mean to be. He never even, he didn't even care. Nicest guy ever. Took two pictures with us. Um, it was a, in a, a bookshop in, like, Burlington here. And... And he, he was just doing a tour of chapters, which is like Indigo now. Indigo bought them out. So it's like a, a fairly big chain. Um, and he was just coming, doing a book tour. And he had no problem signing my uh, Lord of Illusions laser disc. I'm pretty sure this is the story that uh, caused him to stop directing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some That's asshole it. kid brought oh, Lord man. of Illusions and had me sign it at my book. And I didn't sell a book. And that's it. I'm not going to direct Three anymore. signatures, two photos, 
didn't even buy the book. <laughs> Fuck him. I'm done directing. Well, if this ever gets back to him, I apologize. I was a naive. I was just a dumb kid. I was just starstruck. I'm like, Clive Parker's going to be here. <gasps> That's all I was thinking of. That's Not- awesome, though, that he's a cool guy. Oh, he was super, like, yeah. super cool. Like, oh, like, just awesome. Like, oh, I, I don't want to, I can't go on. No, this was years ago, too. But, and, like, he, right after, like, I guess it would have been 96? 96, no 97, shit. yeah. Wow. That's, I'm a Clive Barker mark in a big way. I fucking love that dude. That's just, wow. Because you never hear about him being at conventions and shit. That That's just. No, a he was in a sign. bookshop. And it was That's funny. where he belongs. He's an author. Damn well, it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know, but uh, yeah. yeah. So it just That's made me feel worse be. about what I did. <laughs> <laughs> he had to be happy, though. He was a guy in his own element. He was a fucking... Every author dreams of fucking... One day having fucking real book signings with crowds. And I'm sure he had a crowd. I bought the 75 or $100 uh, director's cut uh, Lord, of the Lo- uh, Lord of Illusions laser disc. <laughs> wow. Well, he was probably happy. He's like, yeah, I made a lot of money off that. That, that sells for $75. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or he's like, no, motherfucking Lord of Illusions. I only made five fucking five cents on the dollar for that movie. Fuck, <laughs> I'm done directing. <laughs> hey, he should come back and just... do Rawhead Rex. That's what he should do. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see him do anything. That would be awesome. Anything, anything. I don't, I don't know. I would really, I wonder if I just missed an interview as, as to why he, like, I can understand being mad. But then, you, you, like, like I said, cool guy. He probably got over it, and he was just—he looks like he has so much more. And I guess, like, he went, like I said, maybe he just went to graphic novels. I don't know. But, I don't know what he's doing. I, I keep hearing he's involved in the next Hellraiser, one way or the other. But I can't say. You know how it is with fucking clickbait and rumors and, and stories that are out there. You don't know what's what anymore. So yeah, it could just be his name just being on it, just because you know he created it. Yep. But I'll tell you, think about that. Shit, the guy's had an, an over thirty year career, and I remember when he first started out. I can't even say that. I remember when Hellraiser first came out, and there was that famous fucking quote in 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 the um in the trailer from Stephen King, and it said, "I've seen the future of horror, and his name is Clive Barker." And I remember that. I remember seeing that trailer when I was a kid and saying, "Hmm, Clive Barker." And that was it. Saw Hellraiser and then just started buying all the books and then read them all until I fucking finally discovered that the man was too intelligent for me to read. <laughs> because the man uses words in his books and I consider myself semi-well-versed. He uses words that I have to fucking buy a thesaurus to fucking understand what he's saying half the time. Yeah. Like, seriously, the Great and Secret show... And I forgot about the other one. He just got better as he went along, and it just got – he got so good that I couldn't understand. My little mind couldn't understand what his <laughs> words were meaning. That, my that's, little mind. Yeah, because like Weave World is my favorite book, period. And I wish, wish, wish they would have made a movie out of that and have him direct it. But it's so fantastical. I don't know if you can put that uh, as a film. I mean, I, nowadays you can with CGI, but anyway, I'm rambling. But okay, Weave World. Ramble Weave away. World. Weave World, go fucking buy it. It's- yeah, I hear a lot of people rave Weave World. I read it when I was in high school, and I still swear to this day it's my fucking favorite book ever. So I, I love that book. But yeah, nice. it's Clive Barker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shit. So yeah, uh, do we have anything to add before we? Uh- I just had one quick question about. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to leave it the way it is, just in case there are people who haven't seen it. Not talk about the the ending scene. 
What about Not Dorothea in, in that pink dress when you could see her nipples? Ah. No, no questions there. Director's yeah. cut has a longer fuck scene. Really? It's not really Sharks. explicit though. You see more. You see more of Harry's cool tattoo on his back than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was looking fine, Miss Dorothea. I'll tell you that. I don't know who she is. I forget uh, who. Thank you. It's thank you, Judge. She's like in. Isn't she like an X Men or one of the? Yeah. Yeah. She's Doctor Jean Grey, and she's in all the Taken movies. Famke oh, that's Jansen. her. Yeah, that's Famke Jansen. Wow, I guess it's that, that mid-90s hairdo that, that threw me off or something. I don't know. She was looking good. Mm-hmm. She was looking good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, okay, well, uh, do we have anything else to add? Anybody feel like adding anything before we uh, give our ratings? I'll take that as I'll take that as a no. All right. I was I was just looking through my notes. <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> see that. I just assumed you could see me perusing through my notes just to make sure there was nothing else. Well, that's why I like to give everybody the chance because nope. I take I take notes too. And I'm thinking if there's certain points you like to get in, by God, get them in before while you're on the show. That's what I say. Everyone should have a a fair chance. Fuck. Again, like I said, there was just one little scene at the end, but not you know what? Honestly, not even worth bringing up because if anyone hasn't seen it, I don't want to spoil anything. So, yeah, very good. So you got the listeners in mind. Very good. I do. Nice. Okay. Well, one of us does. <laughs> yes, one of us. Well, it's a start. It's a start. We're getting there. Work in progress. We can keep saying that for at least five more episodes, right? Top notch. <laughs> Top notch. So, yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll give a grade. What the hell? I'm going to come in at about, you know, I really wish I would have saw the director's cut now. I really do because it might have the rating go a little bit higher. But I am going to say I'll give it a seven. Seven out of ten. Really? Nice. Seven. Too low for you, I know, right? It's <laughs> okay. What about you, Brandon? Alright, well, to be honest, when I first wrote down my grade, it was a six. <laughs> but, upon talking and discovering things, I bumped it up to a seven. Oh. I actually wrote it down here. I actually crossed out the six and put it a seven in about five, ten minutes ago. Just because <laughs> the conversation went so well, it convinced me of things I actually liked that I didn't even realize how much I liked just by pointing them out again. And again, this was a first time view for me, so this this is a film that I could see getting better for me with repeat viewings and obviously with seeing that director's cut. Yes, I can't wait to see that director's so, cut. Fuck. So I'll definitely get the director's cut and check that out. I gotta put this in perspective because I know like, look, I gave Toxic Avenger 10 out of 10 last week. <laughs> hey, or two hey, weeks well, ago. Whatever. And you know whatever. what? I still stand by it. And the reality is, nice. I know at one point in time, because like I said, this is one of my favorite horror, one of my favorite horror movies of the 90s era. And so I have to think, at one point, it was probably a 10 out of 10. But I'm going to have to give it a more realistic. I'm going to say, since we can give half grades, I'm going to go 9.5 out of 10. Nice. Nice. And and, and, cool. and again, it hovers because it's those little things that I talk about. Like, I'll, I'll say that it gets bumped down a half a point just from the the little puzzly man sequence yeah. that uh, I think was unnecessary, and just for a few other things. But uh, I I really like this movie, and uh, Quantum Leap really needed to be in more films, I think, because he did a great job in this. He mm-hmm. did. Yeah. You know, I find it weird that the actual illusions in the film are the things that we're critiquing rather than the real <laughs> magic, supposedly. Because I would have loved to have seen more of these illusions, but not have them be more holograms and, you know, hokey, as you say. But 
that that was one thing I was thinking. I was like, oh, you know, this is this is about magic and illusions, and you know, I would have loved to have seen more trickery. No doubt. All the levitation was great, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, the real the real magic, the car thing. Anything with levitation was fucking badass. I like it. I wish we would have got to see more of that show. Like, I wish that wasn't like his first trick. Well, he levitated in the beginning, but I wish we would have had five minutes of magic before he tried the new illusion, and then you know, then fake the death there. Yeah. A little bit more would have been great because that was set up so well. And I remember thinking it as I'm watching it. I'm like, man, I'd love to see a good magic show like that. But, you know, not one that lasts for five minutes, no. <laughs> Especially at those prices. Fuck. <laughs> I've been to those Vegas magic shows, man. That's fucking... Hey, Copperfield, man, he puts on a good show. I, we, I didn't see it this do. time, but the last time we were there, I was shocked. They did an illusion like two feet in front of us. And, really? And we were like, what the hell? Like they made <laughs> someone disappear right in front of us. Wow. That's awesome. It was super cool. You got to see Chris Angel, that motherfucker. Mind freak? Mind freak. Dude, that guy is fucking uh, He's a legend in Las Vegas. I'll tell you that. He's, I think he's the best illusionist we've ever seen. Your head will literally explode. <laughs> Doesn't he do it yeah. Cirque du Soleil style, though, now? Like, or does he have his own separate? I think it's all I, cirqued up. He did get a Cirque show. Yeah, it was called, um, was it just called Chris Angel? I forgot Mind what it was freak. called. Mind Freak. It might be called Mind Freak. Either, either way, last I heard, they gave him his own Cirque show. So, But I don't know. It's been a while since I've been there, but I'd love to see that. Those are pricey shows, but yeah, I don't know. Anyone that can see Chris Angel do it, because I think the guy's incredible. I don't know. It's I've always been into magic. Even when I was a kid, I used to have those fucking Fisher-Price magic sets. I used to put on fucking shows for my family. You know, <laughs> uh, those were the days. Yes, so I, I love hearing that though. That nine and a half. I love rating a movie that someone is really passionate about and it, it's their favorite. You know, that's great. That's- I love that Christians become me now, and it's all of a sudden being the one who's given the really high grades. I'm yes, you, I, I honestly nice. think I honestly think I talked myself out of a ten. To be honest, so if we keep talking here, <laughs> it might get bucked up out of the, to a ten again. It was it was on my. Like, there are a handful of movies in the 90s that I think that I just held to a higher level, and this was one of them. That's great. Okay, what about Hellraiser? What do you think about If you had to give Hellraiser a number grade, what would it be? Again, back in the I'm day. I'm curious. Back in the day, I think I gave it a, a, a 9 or 10, because I actually I like Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2. I thought mm-hmm. Tony Randall did a great job of continuing the story. And it looks the same, got the same sort of, it got the same sort of vibe, the music and everything like that. Like it's, it's a great continuation. And so I kind of see them almost interchangeable and rate them kind of the same. So, you know, roughly about nine, anywhere between a nine and a 10 again, because just a nostalgia factor. If we watch them fresh for the show, I might have a different opinion again. But going That's back okay. from going back from what I used to rate them and the fact that I've I've grown up with them and I've watched them over and over, I, at one point in time they were probably both they both scored a ten. Ooh, that, feeling the Hellraiser trilogy possibly coming on. Listen, man, maybe I shouldn't give my grades then. But yeah, hey, fuck, awesome, awesome, awesome. I, I I'm a huge fan of both uh, of Hellraiser one and two completely. Yeah. Yeah. When I was young, for a little bit, I liked two over one. But as an adult and, and watching them again, I definitely think the first one the superior film. I still enjoy the second, but but I think one might be on like my top twenty five horror movies. Period. Yeah. I, so. At one point, I agree with you. At one point, I think I liked two over one. I think it was the gore when I when I looked down and I bought it in Walden Galleria. Funny enough, uh, <laughs> Dave, oh, I nice. found it on Laserdisc. 
in the uncut version, and I almost cried because I had only seen the R-rated version. <laughs> Couldn't wait to get home, and uh, when I put that on, my mouth dropped. I was just like, "This is ridiculous!" Like, awesome. I, I was just great, but yeah, it's uh, three. I saw in the theater, and I was disappointed, but I liked it. I still liked it, but I was disappointed. It was, it, it's a different, it's a different movie. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, and I, yeah, I had two unrated on VHS. I remember that. That was good shit. Yeah. But you can't get any more. And I don't give a fuck what Netflix says. It says that the version they have on Netflix is, is the non-rated version. It is 100% not. It's rated. And you could tell by the first scene when they flash back to Frank in part one after he says, Jesus wept. Yeah. And he gets torn half. If, if you can actually see him getting torn half and going like right down the center of his body, you have the unrated version. If it cuts away as soon as the fucking the, uh, the chains pull, that's the rated version, my friend. Sorry. Well, oh, you'll know right away when the guy's... Well, there you'll know right away. You just said when you know right away. But if that doesn't solve it for you, when the guy's cutting himself up with that razor on the bed, yes. there's absolutely... You'll you'll know you're watching the unrated version because you can't believe how much he's cutting, how many close-ups <sighs> they do of it, the blood sl- oh. falling out, the bed the bed getting covered with it, and then Julia coming out. It's it, it's way more explicit than the, the rated... The R version. Yep, so fucking bloody, so bloody. Oh, anyway, but yeah, different yeah. movie. We weren't going to talk about those today. Yeah, it's it's Clive Barker. We, we couldn't 13th. help ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the third and final movie in our Clive Barker trilogy, Midnight Meat Train. Uh, we are in the nineties, right? Brandon, what are we at here? Two thousand eight. Uh, Close up. Close up with the 90s. Wow. And a little trivia for you guys Midnight Meat Train. My nickname for my last girlfriend. (laughs) Oh! Someone was going to crack the joke. Oh! I believe Clay said that. Uh, Bada bing! (laughs) Clay. Swallow that, honey. Oh! (laughs) The Midnight Meat Train is here. Oh! (laughs) Oh, bud! That's great. 2008. 2008, yes. Okay, all right. Or the uh, 90s, according to... Or the 90s. <laughs> or the very late 90s, according to Mr. Davis. <laughs> the 90s part two. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay, uh, what do you got for us, Brandon? Uh, okay, I'll read the description here I got. Yeah, A photographer, Leon, his obsessive pursuit of dark subject matter leads him into the path of a serial killer, Mahogany, the subway murderer who stalks late-night commuters, ultimately butchering them in the most gruesome ways imaginable. All right, fucking mahogany. Mahogany, yeah. That... This one this one was a Japanese director, I believe? Raihuel Kitamura. Yeah, Japanese director. He actually directed the movie Versus, and he directed a Godzilla movie. Yeah, Godzilla Reborn. Oh, and he directed um, Damn. No One Lives. Did you guys see that film? No, I I, I noticed that when I was researching this yes. a little bit. What what is that? It sounds it's, cool. It's a good movie. Actually. It's phenomenal. It's really good. Okay. It's it's no, brutal. Man. No one lives. No one yeah. lives. Check it out. Does it's a WWE live? movie. How about that? Yeah, that's true. It is. Yep. Yeah. But it's good. Don't want that, don't want that. You know, don't hold that against it. It's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, Clive Barker. Clive Barker wrote the short story for this one, but he didn't write the screenplay. Yeah, that's what the one I was thinking of. That's a the one. Yeah, that's a the one. Well, uh... <laughs> I, Jeff? Go ahead. I was going to say it was Jeff Bueller, if anyone wanted to know. 
Bueller. Ferris's brother. Yes. <laughs> Jeff Bueller. Okay. I, I, I'll come right out and say that I think this is the best directed one. I, I, I love the fucking the look of it. I love the lighting of it. I like the, the sound of it. Uh, the way everything looks, the the colors, the way it's filmed, just period. Uh, it, this is uh, this is up my alley. Maybe I'm uh, maybe a two thousand eight. That's just the way the movies looked at that time, and maybe I'm a a bigger fan of it than most people are. But I really like the way this movie. Looks. I'm one hundred percent with you. I love the look of this film. There was only one thing I had a problem with, and I'm not sure if this was intentional, but was this? Was it me, or were the kills look like they were shot for 3D or something? What the oh, I fuck? See what you're right. Yeah, and I will just before we get into that, I'll agree. This movie, I won't say it's the best directed one, second best, but the director of photography did a bang up job because the movie looked beautiful. It looked clean. Yeah. It looked like yeah. you're looking at like stainless steel almost. It, it, and I, I'll give it credit. I'll even give that to the director of photography, but obviously they work with the director. Still, Lord of Illusions is the better directed movie. Midnight Meat Train is just a well-made film, and it's brutal, but yes, everything looked like it was coming at you. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I think it fit the tone of the film. The uh, you know, uh, This movie's kind of grim, and when they're on the train, the way it looked, it, it, it looked perfect for that. But as far as the 3D, absolutely on the first kill. The first kill we see, was it the first kill? Or not. Well, bottom line is, when we see that one kill and a fucking eyeball comes flying out, it's flying towards the camera. Yeah. That, 100%. I thought I was watching fucking uh, Saw 7 or something, like it was intended, or, or My Buddy Valentine 3D. Yeah. But I don't recall this ever being advertised as being 3D or in that format whatsoever, but I'll be damned. I thought the same fucking thing. Yeah, no, I even looked it up. I couldn't find anything. In fact, this movie bombed because the distributor got a new head of, uh, got a new president, and he hated the movie, and he wound up distributing it at low-budget cinemas, so it made, like, no money. Should have released it a year later after The Hangover. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that was true. that guy, yeah. right? Yeah, it was Bradley Cooper. Bradley right before Cooper, it. man, if they, if they yeah. did the same thing with, uh, they did it with Matthew McConaughey, sorry, in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, and Renee was Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. Uh, but anyway, no, the that was uh, Sam Raimi's brother, Ted Raimi, that got his eyes uh, bashed out of his head. You know, I thought that might have been Ted Raimi, but I wasn't a hundred. It definitely resembled him, but I was like, "Is this fucking Ted Raimi?" It looked like him, but a little different. And I, I always recognize Ted Raimi when I see him. Matter of fact, I saw a movie. Almost always. Not too long ago. <laughs> Almost always? What are you talking, Evil Dead 2? No, because you didn't recognize him this time. Oh, oh, yeah, that's true. Well, it looked like him, but it didn't look like him. So I was like, what the fuck? I saw a movie not too long ago, and I recognized him right away, and he, I was surprised he was in it. He played a lawyer. Oh, you know what it was? It was that movie, Rain Over Me. Did you ever see that movie? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's in a bit part. He plays the lawyer of fucking Adam Sandler, and he's there. It's not a comedy because Adam Sandler's in it at all. But yeah. good movie though, I recommend it. But I saw him there, and I was like, Ted Raimi in this part. I was surprised because I never see him outside of horror, and usually when I see him, I, I recognize him right away. But I mean, and that movie was probably made around the same time as this was. But anyway, I, I'm I digress. I just I was surprised that I wasn't sold that it was Ted Raimi. It just looked like him, but 
I guess it was him then. Okay. But, but immediately, they get, I, I will tell them this. If you're going to do CGI gore, this movie did it well. Because sometimes it just looks brutal. And those eyes coming out were just about to hit that, okay, this is bullshit. But they cut away. So, like, mm-hmm. you, they sell it. Like, I mean, it's it, it sold. Like, those eyes just fly out at you. You're like, what the? And then they cut away. Because if it was too much longer, I think you'd be like, oh, this looks too fake. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The CGI, it didn't bother me at all. I thought it was done pretty well. I love the way it was shot. It, yeah. And it, it was bloody. It was gory. I, I love the fucking weapon of choice. What's that, a meat tenderizer? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> like, what he does with that is just crazy. And he's great. He's perfect for it because he's got that look. He does exactly what he needs to do. Uh, and it's bloody. I just love the way it opens. You know, and it's so great. You don't realize it. I mean, I read it after the fact, and maybe you guys realize I'm just stupid sometimes. But Vinnie Jones, who played Mahogany, only had one word said in the whole movie at the end. The very at the end. end. Yep. And you know, he's just such a presence, though, that yeah. you feel like he's communicating with you like the whole movie. Like, but he's not saying a word. Yeah, he was great. He was great. I fucking. That's your subtle way of saying, yeah, this guy's an asshole. He didn't realize he wasn't talking. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I was watching and saying, this motherfucker, I was thinking the same thing. He don't have to talk. I never thought he did. And the one guy didn't say, the fucking conductor didn't say anything except the one time when he came out and he said, fucking, I'm very disappointed in you, Mahogany. He talks oh, yeah, that was a good scene, the fight scene with Rampage. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was a great scene. But don't... I, now on the I, I don't want to jump right into anything negative, but I'm going to uh, the themes. <laughs> I find don't you find that some of the themes kind of were introduced, kind of abandoned, and at the same token, they didn't really build up to them. Like when he's been like they introduced the fact that he likes to eat that tofu and wants to have uh, the diner fried up for him uh, so that he can enjoy it at the diner, and the guy's reluctant to do so but does because he's a nice guy, and then. You know, as the movie progresses and he gets darker and darker and darker, there's that scene where he craves meat and he eats the meat off his buddy's plate and then decides to order a steak. It, they, I feel like that came out of nowhere. Uh, I think it's, I think it's artistic. I think it's allegory. I don't think they built to it enough. Is where I'm going with it. I think they they needed one uh, something else to build to that scene, and it, in, uh, I don't I don't think what we saw previous. Did but I I'm, could easily be in the wrong. No, I, I don't think you're in the wrong. I I, I think maybe it, it was too quick. I think you're right. It, maybe it would have been better suited later on in the film. Yeah. Than at the point it was at. That I can give you. It isn't played on too heavily. In the beginning, they talk about the tofu and they show it and they have a little fucking little joking dialogue about it. It I don't care that it's next to the meat and vice versa and whatever. And then later on. Yeah, it was after he'd been to the butcher shop and after he's seen murder. And maybe, maybe it's just something supernatural where his fate was already kind of... He was already marked at that point. Yeah, and he was marked. That's true. I almost think he should have been a meat eater and it went the reverse way. Maybe I'm wrong in my mental state here. Uh, Mental state? (laughs) But say that that he was like a meat eater at the beginning, and then after that meat scene, he's almost disgusted by it, and everything that he's seen almost turns him off from the meat. It almost reverse psychosis, but I guess that doesn't help with his transition and his character arc for the end, I I guess. But... I get what you're saying, though. I do, too. It did did come on too quickly. If it was... The scene, like, right after he left the art gallery, right when he says, I have a train to catch. But first, 
let me have a steak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that actually would have been the time. If maybe he was at the art gallery, and all of a sudden he sees, like, I don't know, steak. I don't know why they're serving steak at the art gallery, but... Maybe a picture of steak. Steak tartare. A photograph of steak. <laughs> yeah, maybe he started eating a picture of steak. But yeah, it, 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 needed to, it needed to come later on in his breakdown. Yes, I, I do agree with that. And yeah. it also may have worked the other way, except for the fact that Brandon pointed out that he was marked. So I, I do understand that. Once he had that mark, things are starting to change. Oh, yeah, so once it, he was branded. I, and I get yeah, that. he was that, branded, that and that, that fits perfectly. That's the perfect terminology. It looks like a branding. It would be a branding because you're talking about meat. Yeah. Again, yeah. again with fucking Barker and the flesh, if you think about it. Yep. Make way for the fucking meat. Make way. What was that line that, that the conductor said at the end? Please. Step away from the meat. I love that line. That oh. line, and the guy delivered it great. And yes. but I can see. Don't get me wrong. Again, we're all in, and I know that there's a lot of people that roll in. But I, if my wife watched this, she probably would have been like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> she would have used. She probably would have said it a little del- more delicately. I don't know, maybe not. Uh, like, <laughs> but I thought don't that line was front. that no. line was killer. Like, yeah, please. It was great. My wife Step actually loved the, the movie. <laughs> my wife liked the movie. She sat here next to me and. Um, did she watch all these movies? And not all of them. She didn't watch Rawhead Rex. I wouldn't bother her to even, you know. The Rawhead Rex I knew I was watching on my own. Lord of Illusions, she was in and out. And Midnight <laughs> Train, she actually sat next to me and was half in on her phone, half watching it. But she kept up with the plot enough. And, and she actually liked it. And she remarked about the fucking lighting before I even did. She's like, oh, I like this movie. The way I like this movie, the way this movie's lit, she told me. I said, yeah, I, I agree. Oh, it has high like, production value. And like... Does. Again, for a high production value mainstream movie, like I was shocked even the first time I saw this, how much blood they 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 put into it. I was like, oh wow, they they're going for the gusto and they're not shying away from it. Like I loved how the, I told you, like right from the opening, the guy how it just the guy just wakes up, takes a few steps, slips, and then just yeah. hits his head, boom, and then he wakes up, he's in a pile of blood. I just was like, oh yes, like they just they set the movie up perfectly. I love how that scene factors into the end. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I can't wait to watch that part again to see about at the end. Because you're right. I, I, it didn't connect when it, I watched it. And this is the third time I've seen the movie. Don't get me wrong. It's just that it, it's one of those movies that I watch every three years. And I, mm-hmm. it stays that You know, I saw I need to be refreshed each time. But Yeah, this was a rewatch for me. But when I saw it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, great. Oh, but the, the definitely the fight scene between uh, – Leon and Mahogany was the highlight of the movie with all the bodies hanging up and he keeps hitting all the bodies and then he hits, he hits uh, Jurgis, oh, still yeah. alive. Oh, oh man. Brutal. Oh, uh, that shit was great. Yo, boy, he bleeds like a fucking Oh, snake. man, that was that was the best blood in the movie, I thought. Like, it was he, great. It was like that, pools of it coming down him. It was that good, dark, fucking thick blood, yeah. too. Oh, the crimson mask. Oh, that was fucking great. All that shit. And the one guy gets it right down the fucking center of his legs, too. Oh, oh so fucking cool. I'll tell you what, though. I do. <laughs> Let me bring some humor into it. The best part, the best line in the movie, which made no sense, and it was great, was when he was fighting that fucking guy. I think you said he was Rampage. <laughs> the guy gets on top of him, and he puts him in a chokehold, and he says, this is the citizen's arrest. Yeah. Well, he's a guardian angel. 
He said, asshole. What do you, is that what he is? He's a guy. I thought yeah. he was harassing him. He was, no, he was he, harassing him, though. He like kind of like made like a like a fake like fight move at him, like being a jerk. Yeah, he like, said he, him. he made a joke like fucking life's a box of chocolates. He gave him a yeah, because he, he looked like Forrest Gump. Yeah, because right. he looked Forrest Gumpish. So he's a guardian angel? Yeah, that's why he was wearing the beret. You know how the guardian angels, they walk around New York City all dressed up in like uh, I thought it was just a French guy. <laughs> <laughs> Viva to the Canadian. Viva oh, Rampage. Right. Ooh la la, I am Rampage. I am Rampage. <laughs> rampage. I'm Rampage. So, so th- now it makes a little bit of sense. Okay. Yeah, nah, he's, a, he's a guardian angel. He, he, they, pers- they patrol the streets late at night and, you know. But why be an asshole? I just surprised. No, I, that was out of place. Yeah, that's why it didn't seem like he was. Yeah. I just thought he was some fucking jerk off harassing him. And then all of a sudden he <laughs> says, I'm making a citizen's arrest. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, he was really planning on arresting him. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest. Fu- I couldn't stop fucking saying it the rest of the movie. <laughs> I said, next time I get a prank call, I'm going to say that to somebody. <laughs> oh, gosh, that was fucking great. Okay, so that at least that makes a little bit of sense. He's a guardian angel. Yeah. Okay. He was, like, patrolling the trains late at night, just m- making sure everything was okay. Okay. What about that nasty fucking shit? And it's not explained at all in the movie, but I just want to bring it up because it's fucked up. Oh, those gross? Yeah. Oh. He's cutting off his body. I and, fucking... and putting them in jars and keeping them? What are they doing? Are they growing? Are they manifesting a life of their own? Like it, That was never really explained. Well, I think you're just supposed to take it that there's some sort of cancerous growth that he's had. I mean, he's clearly, he's at least 120 years old for whatever oh. reason. For whatever for whatever reason he's been you know he's been given an extended life because of his purpose. Is that what you think? He's the eighteen ninety five killer butcher. Yes, I never even thought that. I just figured it was another. No, another he, I mean, he's, he's another butcher, but he's been doing it for a very long time. And so he keeps these things like little trophies. And I think that's I think that's <laughs> might be the ca- the thing with the case. The case that he carries his stuff in is a very old-looking case. I wonder yes. what I wonder what the date is because I think that's probably supposed to give you a clue of how long he's been around. Oh, that's a good. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. I know what you're saying. That is interesting. Let, let me drop some knowledge on you. <laughs> right? Yeah, dropping knowledge. Enlighten yeah, us. no. But that's that's <laughs> how I saw it. In that he's he's collecting these girls. I, you know, I thought that maybe at some point he was going to analyze them or something to try to look for a cure or something, but. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know why he saved them. He clearly didn't need to save them. But no, but he had jars of them in the fucking medicine cabinet. Yeah, you saw all... how long he'd had, how many jars he had. He'd yes. been doing that a while. I, I didn't get it. I, I thought maybe they would have alluded to it like later on because I remember the outcome of the movie from the previous times I watched it. Mm. So I thought maybe you would see. Um, I'm sorry, I forget the name of our lead, Leon, uh, having something similar or having it explained at all. But man, it was gr- I feel like I was watching a fucking David Cronenberg movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was, and, or maybe again, it's a meat analogy, and we're all pieces of meat, and he's just cutting pieces off. Again, yeah. why he saves it, I don't know. Maybe because it's meat gone bad, and and it's yeah, we spoil, we spoil, yeah, he's yeah. spoiling. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's another human analogy on uh, or analogy for that. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. how about the fact that we have another photographer? We had a we had a photographer in fucking. Rawhead Rex and another one here. Weird, huh? That's what he does. If he saw Rawhead Rex on the subway. Oh, wow. 
yeah, this was better. What's that, Brandon? I thought it would have been funny if you saw Rawhead Rex on the subway. <laughs> Rexy! Rexy! Or Sexy Minty. Rexy. Minty, Sexy. yeah. The yeah return- Minty was there. Hey, the don't return- Yeah, I think his girlfriend was Minty. <laughs> Maya. <laughs> Maya, ooh, Maya. Mm-mm-mm. And Leon's character, or Leon, Leon's character, Leon has a dream, I think, too early as well. I meant to mention this earlier in the theme thing part. That has, I think he had some yes. a little early with the train and everything like that. He would have known none any of this at this point. Yeah, he was drawn to it way too quickly. Yeah, it's his I, fate. Yeah. It's his fate. He was meant to do this. I hear you, but I always have an issue with that unless we he, they've been directly introduced to it. I can't have the dream. Uh, I guess you're, 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 the dream sort of connects it to him. You're right. It, it, it's sort of fate, but I don't know. It still bothers me still seems like uh, there needed to be another scene before that dream sequence. He needed to be marked before he had that dream. Yeah. And he, I think he wasn't right. marked yet. Yeah. I guess it would have helped. Yeah, I, I, I would have preferred it be that way, too. And in hindsight, yeah, I, I feel what you're saying. They should have marked him at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. The opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they show up branding sure. and everything. <laughs> the sizzler. <laughs> the wa- the waffle man the waffler waffle man <laughs> oh fuck how about that ring what does that ring signify just that this is your job that's the symbol of this secret society this... isn't that was branded on him wasn't that that same design or am I wrong was it holy fuck if if so that's uh, there I didn't realize that without the circle part of the ring but I I could be wrong I'm not sure all I noticed was you know obviously the he wore the ring and the cop wore the necklace. Really? Yeah. The cop had a necklace with the same design? Yeah. And did they show us this throughout the fucking movie or do we see it after the reveal? No, you saw it before the reveal. What? Yeah. Wow. Holy fuck. Uh, Christian, did you notice this too? The No. Okay. No. All right. Okay. So I'm uh, at least I'm not in the fucking. Okay. At least I'm not the only one. Okay. Brandon, holy shit, that came out of left field. Really? Wow. Did you look at it when the cop was doing the cover-up shit? Did it, is that when you saw it? Uh, Yeah. Because then you kind of started looking. Cause yeah. Because you're hmm, what's up with this cop here? Yeah, I didn't notice it in the very first scene. Because then I read back after that it was always there. Oh, you read? Yeah, oh, after the fact. Fucking guy. See? <laughs> this, read, this fucking guy reads This guy. Before he even goes to the movies to see him. Not only does he read yeah, movies of movies boy. that he's already you're watched. He's the boy for himself. Yeah, I know how the boy ends, and I haven't even seen it yet, but I want to see it. Oh, you got to see it, but look at that. I can't believe it. He fucking reads. Oh, wow, okay. And I know that Krampus turns out to be Jewish at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> oh, he was Jewish the whole time. That was his whole reason behind it. Yes. It's not Christmas, it's Hanukkah. <laughs> Krampi. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Damn. Now this film had a great cast. I mean, all these—I mean, all these actors. A lot of these actors, most of these actors, are still doing big stuff today. Yeah, yeah, they're all still around. I, yeah, I, I noticed that they were. I had to look up what's her name because mm-mm, she's fucked. Uh, Le- Leslie Bibb. Yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's in Lost. She's in a, she was stuff. in, I think, every Taken movie. Oh really? Does she look as good in those movies as she does in this? Yeah, it is her, right? It's the one that was in ta- all the Taken movies. Now you're thinking of uh, Famke Jansen from from Lord of Illusions. Mm-hmm. Oh, this girl was, I think, the daughter. No, no, she's not. She, she looks like her. 
this no, this is the one from uh, what was she in? She's she was in the league most recently. I love her. Yes, you're right. You know that's I'm I'm confusing the two. For once, Brandon is right. <laughs> for, for the first time in five I've been dropping episodes. knowledge like crazy all night. Yeah, yeah. And, and finally, I got something right. I, I got to clean up this room with all this knowledge I've dropped. <laughs> 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 Leslie Bibb, that's her name. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at a picture of the ring, a close-up of the ring, and I'm trying to get the branded mark, but I'm almost positive, just based on what I remember from watching this so recently, that it is the brand that he got put on his chest. It's the same design that's on the ring, which would make yeah, sense. That, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. But I wanted to drop some knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we're here Pick for. that up. Yeah. Pick that's that right. knowledge up. Man, I gotta talk about teeth and nails because holy Oh that's <laughs> that's that is cr- so I was gonna just say what was the most cringe inducing and I actually had another one, but no, you're absolutely right. That is probably number one. I can't take it. I I, I have um oh. teeth and nails are, are, are the things that I that, that really fuck with me that when I watch a movie, I, I just it fucks my shit up. I have dreams, I have recurring dreams about my teeth falling out and shit. And I've had that dream. I've had it several times. I've only had it once, but it was money, so weird. Oh, it's a terrible dream to have, and I have it. And, and nails, they've always fucked with me. Even oh god, I, I've seen it in so many movies too, where fucking someone's like clinging on something and their fucking nail breaks off. Or oh, what about man. suburban gothic? Suburban gothic, where his nails start playing the piano (laughs) i know it's comedy but i i remember going oh oh, oh." yes you're right that was kind of fucking freaky yeah how about that movie um imprint did you ever see that one the the, that mike fucking short Uh, that was yeah masters of horror yeah oh i never saw it oh you must that's some fucking fucked up shit right there yeah they pulled it from tv they never showed it on uh, showtime yeah yeah they didn't even show it too hardcore for Showtime. It was it was a bit much, you know. It was a lot, but I mean, I I loved it. The subject matter was a bit much. Involved yeah, in I can understand. Yeah, they would have turned off a lot of people with that. <laughs> yeah, <it'd> be, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I don't think the nails was the reason they took it off. No, right. no, definitely not. Right? Yeah, that's some fucked up shit. Maybe we'll do that movie. Maybe we'll do a a, a forbidden uh, movies pulled off a of TV, or I don't know. We'll find some type of topic for it. I don't know. <laughs> We'll find a reason to watch it and talk shit about it. I think the second most cringe-inducing scene was where uh, that one guy strung up upside down. Girls try to help him off the... um... Mm. Oh! Oh. Oh. Just his feet crunching. Oh, Oh, God. Yeah, and then not only that, when they're fighting, he gets stabbed. (laughs) I feel so bad for that guy because you figure maybe there's hope. They, They just give you that little taste of maybe there's a little hope, but no. Oh, oh, and they were man. all hung up the same way. They were all there. Yeah. And then fucking. Yeah, and they were, they and you would assume cut. they were all dead. Like, but why was Jurgis still alive? Fresh. He was fresh meat. He was fresh, yeah. It just happened, you know, because he just disappeared from that thing. Yeah. You know, so he was, he was just the freshest of the batch. What do they give a fuck? They're just meat for the beast. Wow, that's a line from fucking Nightbreed. Wow. Meat for the beast. You know? Wow, fucking Nightbreed. But yeah, that's all they are. What do they give a fuck if they're breathing? What condition they're in? They just, yeah. they just, they just have a job to do, you know. Ultimately, so it is what it is. They're not even. They're not. Honestly, they wouldn't even bother to finish anybody off if you're that guy. That's true, but they do 
remove all the teeth, remove the eyes, remove the nails. Yeah, why? You're right. What's the purpose of it? And pack up all the clothing. Leave no trace behind. I guess the the meat eaters wouldn't eat, wouldn't eat the teeth and wouldn't eat the, the fingernails. Again, I don't want to get, say too much. Are we going to just call this a spoiler for the end part then? If we want to get into talking about just what happens at the very, very end? You know, honestly, ultimately, I don't even think we have to bring that part up. Who gives a shit, honestly? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I could... Same thing like with Lord of Illusions. I could avoid talking about the ending. Yeah. For the sake of those who haven't seen it. It's not necessary. We're still covering the movie to... You know, I mean, we're... we're yeah. Points. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it even needs to be said. Unless okay. I... What do yeah, you think? The point, the you point think is we should that... discuss that, Christian? No, no. If you I'm, think I'm, it's something... Just trying to be a jerk. And I'm fine. <laughs> I'm totally cool with it. That's fine. I'm just trying to fucking help my, you know, let my make my co-host feel fucking happy. Oh, you know? wow, we're happy, man. We're happy. Okay. The point is this movie needs to be checked out. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no doubt. Yeah. You know what? You don't hear a hell of a lot about it. Usually, and it's only, you know, it's just eight years old now. I mean, you don't really hear a lot about it, and you never hear it discussed amongst the other, like, Clive Barker movies. Yeah. You don't. It's almost like it's not his movie, but it, it clearly is his movie. Yeah. You know, it, it has a lot of things that, that you see in Barker movies. Like I said before about the flesh and the meat and things like that. And Yeah, look, we've been talking about that for all three movies, and it's 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 evident in, in every one of his movies. That's just themes that he tackles. It's a recurring theme, that yeah. and sexuality. You always see and, oh, and, and these hidden worlds that are right there, like right underneath our nose. Yeah. Yes, hidden worlds. He gets he's very uh it's very like Lovecraftian. The the stuff that that Barker does right. He he loves talking about not even just hidden worlds, but you know, the beasts that come out of them, the creatures that, yeah. that come out. And yeah. That's like his thing. He does do that and he does have a lot of similarities in his work, and fuck, I, I I love him for it. I love that shit, man. And you do feel for the girl, you know? What, what's her name? I forget her name, the character, but... For the girlfriend? Yeah. In this movie? Yeah. Yeah, for Maya. Yeah, Maya. I mean, yeah. you do feel for her. She's going through a lot of shit, and she's putting up with everything, and she he's coming at her with conspiracy theories, and this and that, and she's nothing but supportive. And then, you know, he meets the one girl, and I'm thinking, what's going to happen here? Brooke Shields, actually, when he meets yeah. up with her and they say that, he, you know, uh, she likes them. She likes her fucking artist to be um, young and single. Yeah. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what's going to happen when push comes to shove? Because she does kind of flirt with them, especially in the one scene. It looks like she. Yeah, she like, touches his inner thigh. Yes, she does yes. something that yeah. all of us know is, is a flirtatious move. And that's, that's it, a, though. That's... But it never goes. You figure they're going to fuck. That's yeah. all the way for me. In my book, touching the inner thigh. <laughs> I that's, went all the way. It's home run. That's it. That's that's me losing my virginity. Yeah, oh. he's, he's been with four hundred women. <laughs> I've been with four thousand women. Four thousand women have touched my inner thigh. <laughs> I said four hundred, Brandon. Jesus. I said four thousand. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little bit more unrealistic here. <laughs> that, it's, that's all the way, huh? Shit. Wow. To me, fucking second base is anal. So. <laughs> second base is when I walk her to the door. <laughs> Bada bing. Hey! Oh, Clay! Clay! <laughs> Clay's in the house. Holy fuck! Now, the acting in this, the characters in the acting were was top notch. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. Oh, though everybody, everybody was great in this. I really had no problem with any of the characters. I didn't. No, none. I agree. Everybody except better. for except for Rampage's little 
little like uh, I'm I'm actually doing it here. Like you guys can see me. You know how I did. You know that fake thing where you go to like pretend like you're gonna punch someone. Yeah, oh that, yeah, oh, that, that flinch. That, yeah, that flare, the flinch. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm doing it here. Like I was like, come on, man, leave him alone. Yeah, dick. Like uh, clearly that guy is huge, and he can kick your ass, and he's got a meat tenderizer in his bag. What a fucking weapon! That thing. Oh crazy. man, great weapon. I, I, seriously, I wish I could find one that big and just start carrying it around in my fucking trunk. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't just because I'd be afraid that I'd start killing people with it. It's just there in case someone assaults you instead of keeping a gun or a bat. No, I'm afraid yeah. I would just, like, just all of a sudden, like, the, my inner mahogany would come out. <laughs> I don't mind it. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it would just feel so good in the right situation to take oh, that yeah. fucking thing and boom against the side of somebody's head. Man. Oh, man. Just, just fucking pulverize them like meat. Man, yeah, I'm I, really never, not a... I never thought of doing that to anybody, guys. Uh... No, no, I'm not Excuse a violent. No, I'm, I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not a violent person. You're, you're right. You're right. Me I'm joking with you guys. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. I'm, I'm extremely yeah, I'll, violent. I'll show you the note from my doctor. Yeah. <laughs> she says I'm not violent. She says I'm not a threat to anyone. She's wrote it. What are you kidding? I've been doing this whole podcast Buffalo Bill style here. Yes. I'm still waiting for for the realization when I'm when I realize that I'm doing the podcast alone and I'm talking to myself or to just the two <laughs> other voices in my head. <laughs> wow! Now that would be a fucking movie and a half, right? Sure. We'll call it podcast. Yes, yeah, and somebody writes itself. Yeah. Wow, we're gonna. I'm telling you, you know how Tusk was started, right? On a podcast, was it? Right? On a podcast. Yeah, they yeah, that's just, right. Yeah. Well. Wow. Welcome. Here it is. So with the it's guy, gotta be, be your movie. You'll be talking about movies. He's talking to two guys, and then one guy says he's actually killed somebody, and then by the end of the movie, you just realize that all three people are just him. Wow. Yeah, but it would have to be you because you do the editing, so you'd have to be. <laughs> yeah. The... It couldn't it'll be, be me. It'll be found sound. That's what it will be called. It'll be a found sound <laughs> genre. Found sound. It sounds good. <laughs> found sound. Ah, found sound. That's awesome. It'll we be done. We'll do it. Do it like unfriended. Everything will be webcammed. Yeah. yeah. Right, we got Skype going, we got the whole thing. Wow. Horror podcast, that's what it'd be called. Found sound. Found sound. Found sound. A whole subgenre. <laughs> it's, nice. it's got a great ring to it, doesn't it? So I it? finally, like, I don't even know. I did watch Unfriended, but I don't think I ever finished it, and I ended up going back and watching it. Shockingly, really enjoyed it. There yeah. you go. Surprise of the year. Really I said enjoyed so. it. J-Law said so. I agree too. See? I gave it. I gave it like an eight. I think maybe yeah. even higher. You know what? After your rave reviews and whatever, I'm like, ah, maybe it'll just be too hard. I was just, I was like, ah, this pisses me off. Instead of how ingenious, I was more annoyed by it. So then when <laughs> I went back, I just said, wow, this guy, they really did do it well. And as you guys said, it plays out like a like a ghostly, which is a term that I've 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 learned is <laughs> quite popular. So uh, and nice. I loved it. I really loved it. I love creep. Suburban Gothic was good, very good. And mm-hmm. I watched a couple of other ones that I I don't want to get into it because I'm getting off topic. But I just want to sort of catch you up to speed. Like I watched a few of the ones that you guys recommended, and they were fantastic. You're welcome. Nice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we love Very that. Welcome. We fucking love that. Although next year, 2000, well, this year I should say 2016, it's not going to be like last year. I'm I'm just not going to watch 80 movies and. I've only watched one so far. I know we're only a month in, but I've only watched one. And there's about 12 out that I know of that I want to see. We've already but... covered it, the one we've watched. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah that's great. The, we watched one. It's been on the show. That's the only one I've watched. Ooh, I'm ahead of you. I saw The Boy already. Yes. 
Yeah, I want to see The Boy, and I'll see The Boy, especially if we do it for our next show. Yes, if we do it for the next show, we're doing The Boy. If not, well... Uh, and it's okay, because it's PG-13 here, so I can take my... My daughter really wants to see it. You could do that, too. You could take your daughter to yeah. it. It's definitely... Uh, she really, enough. like, she is really wanting to see that one. When I showed her the preview, she was dying to see it, and I just said, yeah, well, I think it's... I, I thought it came out last... It was coming out at the end of last year, so... Um, I'm glad it got a theatrical run. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll probably see it again then. I'll take my daughter this time. So, so okay. Well, no, that's cool. This is, sorry, I didn't mean to derail the the conversation yeah. from from the meat, but the uh, meat, meat for the beast. Yes. Yeah. Well, I guess is there anything else we have to add to this? Do we forget anything? If I can't add my little joke of about it being like Chud Three, then no, I uh... <laughs> Chud Three. <laughs> <laughs> It is a little chuddy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Oh, at least it's not chud too. Oh, what a fucking abortion that was. Oh. Bud the chud? Oh, I saw that last year for the first time, and I thought it was fucking horrible. You know, I saw it, and I don't remember any of it. Good. You're, saw, you're better for That's it. exactly my recollection of it, too. I, don't re- I, I know I watched it. I know the guy from Head of the Class was in it, which was a uh-huh. sitcom from back in the day, and I that's all I remember. Givens. Yep. <laughs> that's all I remember. Yeah. It was fucking horrible. Don't even bother wasting your time with it. Gosh. Oh. I'll, skip, I'll skip the rewatch. It was like a trauma movie, but without the fucking the gross out and, and the adult fucking dirty humor. It was just yeah. dumb, just silly bad. humor that was just fucking awful. But hey, I don't want to shit on anybody's movie. Uh, I don't know. The director might be uh, emailing me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I made that movie 20 years, 20, I think it's probably 30 years ago now. Bud 2. Or Chud 2, Bud 2. Bud 2. Bud 2, Chud the Bud. <laughs> it's a fucking weed movie. <laughs> bud we trust. Yes. Yeah, 1989, so 26, 27 years ago. Yeah. It's up there. It's up Original there. Chud is over 30 years old. Damn. Wow. Yep. All right. Well, uh, we got anything else before we give our ratings? I think I hit everything. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into the into spoiler stuff. So nah, I think we covered. I think we covered enough. Who wants to give a rating? I will. I have give this movie uh, eight out of ten. Very nice. Well, since you gave an eight out of ten, and that's my grade too. Grade. That's my rating too. <laughs> I also give it an eight out of ten. So I'll come right in with you. Eight out of ten, definitely. Well, you heard it, headites. Our cycles have officially synced up. <laughs> I have given this an 8 out of 10 as well. Wow. <laughs> no you're, shit. You're extra cute. You're not so nasally tonight, but you're extra cute. God, this, this guy's so freaking cute. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. I can't so wait to tell somebody. Like, try to grab your chin and go, ooh, you're just so cute. Let, let, let me pinch your cheeks. Let me pinch your cheeks. <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll be in uh, Discord service too. Yeah, maybe. Oh yeah, that would be. Oh sick. man, I had like if they were if they were dicks about it, like I had so many like good like comebacks and stuff that I wanted to use, but like obviously I'm gonna be nice because they were really nice. But yeah, I had so many things like ah, oh, this would be perfect. Well, if they but, did say something dicky, what would have been one of the things you said back to them? Well, they had a um an an adult uh, fetish star in their movie named Bailey Page, and I was gonna write that this might hurt her porn career. <laughs> <laughs> ingenious that is ingenious i thought that was i thought of that I'm like oh i should write that but well nah. you if you didn't hear it here 
then Brandon is definitely doing an open casting call for Death Squirt Service 2. He will take <laughs> the bat with the barbed wire, Ugh. and you can do whatever you need to do to Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That got me thinking. <laughs> Not about that, about something else. Remember, I hope it was this show. I, I think that, Christian, it was you that said this. Did you say that you didn't like what they had Brie Olsen's character do in Human Centipede 3? Yes. How the fuck is that any worse than anything else Brie Olsen has ever done on camera before? <laughs> Just take a fucking two cocks in the ass, and you're worried about a fucking... <laughs> them, them calling her tits and making her pretend she's giving head. <laughs> yeah, I guess. How are you defending her? It's like you were talking about fucking Princess Leia or something. I know. I, when you really think about it, yeah. Would you stop debunking my arguments from two shows ago? That, that's what we do. It's the fucking, we do cliffhangers and we bring back things from two shows ago. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I knew it had to be you. Okay. Yeah, I, I it thought was me. It, it was me. And I was thinking of it in retrospect. At the time, I didn't even acknowledge it. But I listened back and you were like, I don't like what they have, what they did with Brie Olsen's character. You, you know why, though? Like, I think what? it's personally, okay, how do I, how do I, I will. As opposed it. to double anal. I guess, well, that's it. She's not doing a double anal movie. The implication of fellatio yeah. is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to win this one. I'm not going to win this one. Nah, but I think if so. she's doing yeah. double anal in a, in a movie, she's doing double anal in the movie. She's in Human Centipede 3. I mean, maybe in her mind, she, this is her big break. <laughs> you know, the, the Sasha Gray into the mainstream. Maybe Entourage, the movie, part two will be her next uh, stop. But no, she just gets treated like she's a porn star. Uh, like, it, it hey, just, I don't know. It's easy money for her. She's yeah. she's on camera making jokes, crying a little bit. Do it's definitely better than what she usually does. Yeah, I guess probably you're be, right. Right, probably be getting paid better too. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Probably but, not. You know what I heard the other day that Sasha Gray was the chick that was in fucking. Um, uh, oh, gee, would you would, rather? Would you rather? Yeah. I had no idea that that was her. Yeah, she had to hold her breath for four minutes underwater. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure she could do it. She's like fucking cocks in her mouth. Dude, he didn't even give her a chance to take a breath. He just stuck her head right in. Yeah, that was great. That's not fair, dude. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) That was great drama. Yeah, well, she was a bitch in that movie, you know? She was. Fuck her. No, but did she also leave the uh, the porn industry like Brie Olsen to go into horror? Uh... She did, she did a, another film also. I so that's what I'm saying. Trans- yeah, she tried to transition. Smart girls. I've been saying it for years. Yeah. Go into fucking... Become a scream queen. It's not that hard to do. Yeah. I think you should go into porn. Go into porn. It's your They've gateway to the mainstream. They're done. I mean, when they get older, they don't. They want to be able to take a shit without fucking having it just fall out because their asshole is so busted. <laughs> you know? So get do porn for 10 years or whatever. Get out. Go into horror. If you can act the lick. They'll take you. You look good. Well, to be honest, the only thing better than two dicks in the ass that I've heard of, three, di- three dicks in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't tried it myself, though. Well, there it is. We'll put that in the Discord service, too. Somehow your character is going to get three dicks oh, in the ass. Imagine that. <laughs> That's Brandon's demise. Somebody out there is like, I'm listening to three dicks. Mm. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, yes. you know what we always say to those people. Go no. fuck yourself. <laughs> you don't, like don't fucking listen. Right? And that with was that... More, that was a lot more cock uh, a lot more cock talk than I thought we were going to be Yeah, we weren't supposed tonight. to do that with this show. Well, it was a lot of meat talk tonight. Yeah. 
the midnight meat train. I mean, what can you do? True, but at least we cut down on the, you know, that 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 certain movie talk. We didn't talk about that Friday movie. So, see, we're getting there. We're getting there. I said there's two things with the show. We're not going to talk about cock and ass and pussy that much. Not going to talk that much. So we're for not the last five minutes. Right. Save for the last five minutes. <laughs> right, yes. And we're not going to talk about that, that certain movie series that much. And for the most part, we've done okay. We've had a, we've had a trickle out here and there. but I think we did good tonight. I think we did too, yeah. I think definitely. we gave them enough to either want to check out the movies or not check out the movies. And I would say for all three, even though Rawhead is a mess, check them all out and get the stories first. Read the stories first because from what I hear... Most of them, including Midnight Me Train especially, goes really into detail about about the hidden world within Mid- Midnight Me Train. That's fucking cool. Gotta love Clyde Barker, man. Gotta yeah. love him. Absolutely. Yeah, check all three out. Yeah, definitely. Check all three out. No doubt about it. So uh, before we go, all I can say is thanks again, everybody. Don't forget. Don't forget to subscribe to us on the iTunes. Like I said before, go and do that shit. Just hit, click that subscribe button. Go on Stitcher, subscribe. Do what you got to do. Go to Horophilia. Subscribe. There's lots of great shows there besides us. Oh, yeah. There. Get on there. Go on Facebook and just type in Exploding Heads Horror Podcast. It'll take you right to our group. Ask to join. We accept you. Just Google us. We're the only Exploding Heads Horror Podcast out there. Just and go in co- there and do it. And, of course, Google image Exploding Heads. <laughs> oh, always. <laughs> Yes, and then join our group on Facebook and put the picture up that you see. Yes. That's it. That's all you got to do. Do that. Uh, EH Horror Podcast on Twitter. We're all over the place, so we're there. So, yeah, please rate us, too, and, and give us a uh, a review. And, yeah, you're going to be entered eventually into our contest. So there we are, five episodes in, everybody. Wow. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel great after five episodes. I feel like I knew. I feel like I was like, okay, we're going to do at least five episodes. I, I kind of knew. I was. Yeah. Jesus. Except for that first episode. Was it the first episode where Dave almost died? <laughs> Dave died. Dave died. Oh, I didn't die. I didn't die. That's right. I didn't die. I'm still here. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. So we'll be around. We'll be around another couple weeks. I don't know what we're doing. Episode six. We're either going to do The Boy and another movie about a puppet or something. A puppet. We're doing The Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> that would be something. Jason Takes Manhattan and The Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> who, t- who took Manhattan better? <laughs> <laughs> we'll break it right down. Yes. That is great. Oh, who did it better? That's the funniest. We said no Friday. You're right. Damn it. I didn't say it. I just said Jason. It's all right. Oh, man. We cannot. We refuse to review any one of those movies. Can't do it. Can't even come up in a comparison. (laughs) Maybe we'll do the martyrs thing. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. We just come up with ideas during the week and we do them. And at some point, a viewer's choice. Yes. And a viewer's choice. I agree. Yes. Maybe episode 13 because it's 13 to be special. Yeah. Viewer's choice. Or listener's choice, not viewers. Listeners. Listen, yeah. What is this fucking? The Viewer's come, Choice Awards. What was that, MTV? Come, coming at you live from the Viewer's Choice podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Listener's Choice, episode 13. I'll call it now. We'll come up with something for it. 
Yeah. And episode 15 is going to be a special one. Epic. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, guys, anything else? No. Thanks again, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I made you feel like a dick. You're like, no, thank you, everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> thank you, everyone. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, everybody's fantastic. <laughs> love it. Yeah, I love them, too. All right. All right, guys. Thanks again. See you next week. Or see you in a couple weeks. Whatever. Next show. Keep listening. And, uh, yeah, stay out of trouble. See you.